Welcome to the BirdCast. Remember, Trip Flip every Sunday nights on Travel Channel at 8 p.m. 7 Central. I'm on tour right now. Edmonton this week. Minneapolis, April 10th through 14th. Omaha, Cincinnati, Portland. As always, go to birdbirdbird.com. I took the knobs and then I, I did it once and then I cut someone off and someone didn't talk for an entire podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here. Will you do an intro? I'm going to start. I'm going to clean my glass out. Yeah, what do you want me to say? What's Just the intro? Host the, this. Host this. I'm hosting your podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> all right, all right. All right. All right. It's, uh, it's the BurtCast. What's your website? Burt, Burt, Burt? BurtCast.com. Oh, BurtCast.com. My name's Sam Roberts. I work at SiriusXM. I also do a podcast called The Sam Roberts Show Online which is available at NotSam.com. Roland's here with me. Hello. He's a talent booker, and we're here in Burt Kreischer's hotel room. Yeah. He's cleaning out a glass. In New York. Yeah, we're in New York City and brought uh, two jugs. What are the difference between the beers? Beer. This is the light, and the other one's the lager. Oh, yeah, let's go light. Let's go light and then work our way to lager. Roland put his mic down already. (laughs) (laughs) Roland. This is is, – I've been drinking before you. I did a – do you guys know who Red Band is? Yeah, of course, from uh, Joe Rogan's show. Yeah, I did an interview with Red Band, and um, apparently I left a mic live stuck wedged in the couch. (laughs) So through the entire time, all you hear is someone – everyone was tweeting me and going, did you do your podcast on a waterbed? (laughs) You didn't take. You couldn't take the track uh, out or something. Fucking who knows? I am so bad at this. No. This is why they hire people. Now I'm not talking. No. See, why? Why? The this beer is, is delicious. Um, this is a, a horrible idea of pouring a beer over my board. Um, yeah. Well, I think this is why people be careful. End up with podcast <laughs> networks. Is because, this? You think then so? Somebody with the network can set it up for everyone. Like, you don't think this is? Guy. You don't think this is precious? Uh oh, phone. <laughs> you don't think this is? This is the. I, this is. I, God damn it! Are you all right? Of this fucking bag. I undid all my... Okay, here we go. How long are you going to be here? I leave yeah. tomorrow morning. How long have you been here? I just got here yesterday. Why would you have a bag that big? Because... <laughs> literally, cause, like, you have, like, a bag that one moves to a new town. I, I travel heavy. I, yeah. Here's the other thing is I was doing a segment for, I guess I can say it, for GMA. Okay. And I needed to have props. So I don't fucking even start. So <laughs> I had to. I had to. Like props. I was. I was. No. no uh, much more highbrow. Like uh, a travel guy. Yeah, like a travel. Uh, don't bring it up. Like I had to have props. I wanted it to be cute, and it, the uh, everyone agreed that it would be better if when I presented these vacation options, we had something that was a little more visual than just me talking about it. So I dressed oh. up these. I brought clothes for me to dress up in. You'll see it. It airs tomorrow. I brought clothes for me to dress up in, but then. Uh, what happened is they had three kids under the age of four who were, I mean, they're just kids. And they ran. were running everywhere during my presentation. You should watch it just to see how chaotic this shoot was. These kids were like wired. And then they broke into my bag and started putting all my clothes and walking into the room. So they ruined my props. So then I just started incorporating them into the props. And I gave them the bread and I put berets on them. So, so when you went to GMA with your props, I didn't know. It was, it was, it was, you, it, you took the whole bag. So all your, you brought all your luggage. I, t- I felt like what a proc comic would feel like. I brought all my luggage too. And well, I started. Why wouldn't you bring Why wouldn't you leave? the clothes in the hotel because it was so much easier just to do that and then i had my ipad and they started going through my ipad and i was like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. someone just found out who who uh, rocco safredi's is stop 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 <laughs> yeah i mean you could have just taken everything except the props out of the bag i could have i definitely could have 
including a pornography filled iPad. Yeah, who, know, I, who knows what's on that iPad? Yeah, I had a picture. Those of kids me. do. It, those not, not. I I I was pulling up where they're staying mm-hmm. because they, it looks good on an iPad, and I'm I'm doing the hand movements, and uh, but. It, I think it'll work. So I go. To, I go tomorrow to do the live segment. Oh, and then you'll throw it. You'll we'll throw, throw it to the, tape. We'll throw to tape. Yeah, me, Sam, and Laura. Oh, yeah, that's very exciting. Sam Champion. Sam Champion. He's my fucking hero. Have you? Do you watch GMA? No, I'm on GMA all the time. I do GMA. I didn't know that. Yeah, I do GMA a lot. I do GMA. I think you have to get. I think you. I don't know. I, I used to do both, and then now I just do GMA. You mean both me and you used to do the Today Show as Today well? Today Show and um, GMA, but now I just do GMA. Because the ratings are better? <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah, I think. <laughs> I, I, uh, it's like the late night Matt wars. Matt Lauer made this off-color Asian joke to me, and I was like... Yeah. It's too much. You I, was like, I was like, listen, man. <laughs> no. yeah, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I'm totally joking, by the way. I don't know what you've heard about my humor, man. <laughs> this is not... Uh, wrong guy, wrong place. <laughs> easy, easy. <laughs> No, uh, no, I, I did, I, I did have some notorious. I had some really. I have my one story that is kind of uh, I've told before, but I don't think I've ever told on a podcast. Mm-hmm. I maybe I did. I don't know. I, I wonder who, if I, who I listens to every podcast yeah. anyway. Uh, I do. Oh, yeah, I listen to. Uh, do you guys listen to any podcasts? Uh, well, I mean, I listen. I don't listen to any podcast regularly. Like, I don't listen to every week, but like, I listen to yours sometimes. I listen to Rogan's sometimes. I listen to Bobby's sometimes. I listen to Rogan's today. Walking, I walked down to do Bobby's. I listen to Bobby's. I listen to Rogan's today. He had a dude. I thought it was the professional skateboarder or uh, professional BMX dude, Ben Hoffman. Uh huh. But it was he's uh, a comedian. Ben, he's a comedian. From the ben yeah. show. Yeah, I, I was like expecting him to talk about skateboarding. He goes, I got a new show on Comedy Central. And I was like, yeah. shut the fuck up. I didn't know you were funny. I was like, this guy's got a good wit about him. Yeah, Eating pussy, sucking is, dick, and kicking ass. Is that the name of his show? No, that's his song. He's got a song that's called Eating Pussy, Sucking Dick, and Kicking Ass? Yeah. And I, you I imagine it. how much more better you would think that guy was if he was also a professional BMX rider. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Is that a different? It's Matt Hoffman is what I'm thinking of. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. So I was excited, and then I was like. This is not By the going way, anywhere. Why would a professional BMX rider be talking about skateboarding? <laughs> I don't know. I don't fucking know. BMX I don't listen. Bicycles. I fucking I realize sometimes like people will ask me a question and I will either agree to the answer or answer it mm-hmm. and not and and actually hear it come out of my mouth and go that was the wrong answer or that was incorrect. But I won't go back and edit it. I'll just go. Yep, that uh, that's now the truth. <laughs> it's not my opinion at that's all. It's not my opinion I at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To something that I've said in the past. I, I called. Agree. I called the Olive Tree Cafe the Olive Garden today. I said this is right <laughs> above the Olive Garden. And Bobby was like, I want it to be called that now. <laughs> um. So uh, yeah. So I listen to Rogan's. I listen to I listen to you when it's just you talking to your cats. You like that? Oh, fucking, there's don't you don't you love the? I mean, look, there's something great, obviously, about a show like ONA or Stern, where it's produced. They got their guests, they got their fucking segments. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Do you do you like for write ONA? out bits for them for ONA? <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised at how unorganized it is for ONA. Like on a typical day, I'll go early in the morning and I'll. Just find stuff online or based on stuff I watched on TV the night before, whatever. Did you guys cover the Steuben, Steubenville thing? Was that the rape case? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jim was probably all over that. That's what it was, yeah. And that's the other thing. We have to predict what news stories they're going to attach themselves to. So I'll be looking at their Twitter feeds to see if there's something that they're super into to get a whole bunch of So wait, can I predict? Can I predict? So, um... So Jim was all over... Jim was very... I, I obviously... 
I have a hard time finding fucking O and A on Sirius XM now because I feel like you guys have changed stations like nine times. Yeah. That's kind of a dick move. You should have kept it, it at 202. And we're the only – we're on two different channels. We're on – What? So there's one channel on XM. It's a different channel <clears throat> on Sirius. Yeah. And so I have Sirius in my truck, XM in my Mercedes, my new, the newer Mercedes we just Ooh. got, brand new, pimped out. Oh, my God. No, I'm you kidding. It's or? a 2000. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a gift from my mom. <laughs> It was her old car. Yeah, well, I'm not gonna drive it anymore. It was a gift to my wife because she was pregnant. We couldn't afford a car, and we didn't ride when her driving a Civic. So, <laughs> oh, fuck. I hate that I'm too honest. So, uh, I don't. So I do because there should be some. I want people to think I'm better than I am. So, um, so yeah. Every time I get on a car, it's a different station. And I never can fucking find it. And then I always text. Hey, does anyone know what channel O and A is on? And then everyone's like, "Are you fucking serious?" Yeah, and you so I'm like, asshole. "Yeah." And so then, and O and A fans are so like generous and kind. Oh, general, and, yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's like so easy to deal with. Well, so like, I, just, I know, yeah. like after every show, I just scan through my Twitter feed and great job today, Sam. <laughs> Man, you sounded like a million bucks. It's always just so beautiful and shiny. More rolling on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I never question what what the fuck am I doing here? Why am I doing this to myself? Ever. Ever. It's, it's always wonderful. Um, uh, but yeah, so you could you could just use presets, too. I like could. Well, I could, but I'm not home enough to honestly. And then and if I had a nickel for every time I had to call back in and give them a new credit card number or oh, reauthorize yeah. my account, fucking exhausting. Well, they gave me free subscription. Please. Why not? Yes. yes. I, well, too bad I just renewed it. Plus, just cancel. Just, uh, just cancel your credit card. Yeah. Oh, good. And then, I'll give you that, and then I get to deal with all the other people that have my credit. Like, they're like, American yeah. Airlines, we need new credit card information. Motherfucker. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. Jim mm-hmm. probably was pro. He was I, – I know Jim is extremely anti-bully. And what he believes those – what, what the, those guys did to that girl, Jim – sees less, I would say, as a sexual assault case and more as, like, fucking unfair for humans to do to other humans. You know what it became, actually? Because at first, they... Jim, Jim, he said that... I don't know, because he said it was uh, fingers instead of a dick. So he said, I think that, to him, that he said, that's sexual assault, but I don't know if it's rape. But it moved forward into... I don't know if you saw the clip of CNN. No. They uh, had this news report where they're talking about the rape case and everything. But their angle on it was both the anchor and the reporter are sitting there going, you know, it was really emotional to watch the lives of these men fall apart. You know, they were, they were great athletes. What great the students. fuck does that have to do with it? And they do this whole kind of sympathy thing for the guys. And nothing for the girl. They weren't talking about the girl. They were talking about how the lives of these men are Hold changed on. forever. Let's start for a second. They didn't. No one had sex with her. No, they put their fingers in her. That's still bullshit. I mean, you're, I, you're, I, not, I you're, not, you're, you're not allowed to drug somebody. That's no. The, you can't drug you can't people. drug people and, dra- and drag them around like it's weekend at Bernie's. This isn't a fucking <laughs> movie. This is life. No, that, that especially girl, if they're yeah. naked. She was naked. She was naked. Like there are pictures. They're all blurred out and everything. But, like, this chick's naked and... I was afraid to Google the pictures because I thought it would be, lo- like, looking for child por- pornography, I swear to God. You can't look... You have to look for news stories and then hope that the pictures will be in them. <laughs> you can't be, like, <laughs> Steubenville photo. Yeah. No, no. Nude, underage. <laughs> yeah. Just looking for it. 
non-pixelated version. <laughs> non-pixelated, <laughs> illegal, highly yeah, you can't. NSFW. But like, there's photos of these guys. They're scumbags. They're horrible. They the girl is like passed out on the ground, and they've each got one leg in their hand, like picking her legs up and spreading her legs. And there's video of these guys. What fucking idiots tweet it? Ugh. And there's video of them talking about like like making fun of her for being dead because she was that passed out. Then uh, I saw the video of those guys talking shit about it the next day. Yeah. I saw that video, but I saw that like three months ago. Can I tell you the the real responsibility? I feel like I was on Rogan the day that kind of broke with Anonymous, mm-hmm. and Rogan talked about it, and I agreed with him. I saw th- thought that was horrible. I think here's the thing. I think every, I, I, I'm going to speak very uh, broad stroked in this. I think not every guy, but a lot of guys have had at least one sketchy situation where you either decide to do the right thing or the wrong thing. I think. If you're and if you're a guy like me who's partied a lot, you've seen those situations a number of times. But those are the defining moments in your life where you get to stand up and make a decision and go, "I am not a fucking rapist. Yeah, I am not a guy who runs a train on a girl. Yeah, I'm not a guy who runs a threesome with two dudes. That's even sketchy for me. And I know there are guys who are like, "No, that's not sketchy. It is sketchy. Two dudes and one girl. That fucking that's out of the. That's I'm not comfortable with it. Yeah, I, especially if it's not like it's one thing. I feel like if you've been in a relationship for a few years, not that this has ever happened to me. Yeah, but. If you've been in a relationship for a few years and it's something you've planned, yeah, that's I fine. can see that. Yeah, that's fine. Like, whatever. But, you're but trying it's like, to add some spice. Yeah, but it's, it's like, you know, and, and there are guys that disagree with this, but if you're on the road and you and your feature act run a train on a girl, that's a little scary. And she's drunk. I don't know. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not a fan of that. I'm, I don't like how that works out. And I know there are girls that are like, hey, I'll dig it, but I don't, I, I'm not, it's not personal. I, I, I also, I definitely have had times where I've, I've been fucking wasted. And the girl's been fucking wasted. And I've actually stopped because I was like, I do not know if she, I don't know what the fuck's going on. And I'd rather pass out as opposed to wake up awkward. Just that weird fucking. Yeah. But I've also only had sex with six chicks. So I'm. You've, you've only had sex with six girls? Yeah. I would assume. I know. Yeah, your your whole deal was machine. Ooh. Yeah, no, the the machine didn't fuck girls in the Russian mafia. He just that's that <laughs> so, is so that, just, that that story defines who I am. I am I am not the guy that pulls the trigger. I can't talk to her. Were you just too busy getting fucked up? I, no, I like fucking have intimacy. I have intimacy issues, mm-hmm. and I have um, and I can't turn it off. Like I can't turn off the uh, the part of me that. We're doing a really horrid job pouring this beer. You mean you grab that? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I can't turn off the the part of me that wants acceptance through st- comedy or through like friendship. Like, so like, like you want to be performing, right? I can't. Well, I don't have the. I get uncomfortable when it's it's intimacy issues. My wife says it's intimacy issues. The part of me where you get her laughing, you get her back to the room, and then you like lay her down on the bed. I don't have that. I have a really hard time closing the deal. I've dated chicks for like a month and not kissed them. Like I've of a yeah. mom? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, it's me and another dude talked about it in college. Like it is either meant to be or it's not. And if it's not within the first few days, it just won't happen. So you're not like a, a one night stand guy. No, I've had them, but they never were good. Cuz you were awkward? Well, first of all, I uh I uh, climax way too fast. <laughs> like I that's the polite way of saying that. <laughs> Plus you've never you've only had six vaginas, so it's like yeah. any one of those well, I've had new is like what the <laughs> Yeah, well oh, vaginas are like 
fucking mid-sized cars. Once you've been in one, they're all the same. You think so? Yeah. Um, there's not. I, I've never. I mean. Yeah, but you don't really know that because you've only been in six. How many have you had? Five. I'm, I, I don't, <laughs> you know that? Yeah, but I'm assuming. But see, this is why I'm sitting there going like, like I think, because I don't drink and I never, I ne- I've never drank. Yeah. But I feel like if I was drinking. I probably wouldn't be so into finding girlfriends who – because I want people to fall in love with me. Yeah. So you can't – so like <laughs> when I meet a girl, like my whole thing is I want this girl to fall in love with me and I just focus on the one girl, right? Yeah. And so, you know, and so it's a slow process. But that's that's my entire 20s. Like I spent like <laughs> trying to make five girls fall in love with me. But I assume that like, I want girls to fall in love with me too. Like that's what I I wanted so you, that too. So like, but, but, see, I assume guys like you no, who are I like know. animals. That's what the that's the weird thing that people like. That's the weird thing that I always felt like was a detriment to me. Is I look like a guy that fucks a lot of chicks. Like, and you act like a guy that fucks a lot of chicks. <laughs> I act. I just act like a guy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like. I'm not like. I don't. I don't. My act isn't like heavily pussy. Oh, maybe it is heavily pussy. Like, but in the sense that, like, generally speaking. Booze, partying, yes. taking your shirt off, yes. being the guy that's the life of the party. Yeah. The life of the party is supposed to go home with a girl. Yeah. The well, the, the life night. of the party a lot of the times ends up smoking weeds on the 50-yard line with his buddies <laughs> talking about, fuck that bitch. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, but the life of the party also ends up in like – in like bizarre party situations where one girl's too wasted and then what happens this is the weird part about my personality that I don't think enough people that my wife sees but I don't or I don't show enough of maybe is like I was definitely the guy when the girl was too wasted that I would pull her to the side and go let me get you home and yeah. I and, and other dudes would be like way to fucking ruin the party uh-huh. that chick would have fucked all of us and you're like yeah but not like willingly like I don't think she was into it uh-huh. Like I remember one time being in a situation where I actually said, "Guys, this feels a little rapey," and everyone's like, "Why would you use that word?" <laughs> so, so it's a mood killer, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a definite buzz kill. <laughs> yeah. I was in a threesome, and I was in a threesome once, and uh, you were. Oh, and it started with tequila and ended with tears. <laughs> no one wanted to be in it. It was like fucking Who's tears. Uh, not mine. Okay. <laughs> one of the girls was like, was my was dating, and she was not cool with it, and the other girl was. I mean, it was so fucking complicated. Complicated uh-huh. that and I, I can't even talk about it. I would never even talk about it because it's so fucking complicated. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, fucking. But it's not it's not me. So so Steubenville. Now what was uh, Opie so, yeah. probably didn't have an opinion. So the whole thing was so the whole thing went back to smashing the way CNN covered it. So that's okay. And you know, and Jim's been on a rampage tweeting. I think I did see Candy CNN- Crowley. Yeah. That, and that's what it's about. I didn't know. I heard that he didn't want her. her uh, yeah, I won't repeat his tweet, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, heard some of them. Some of them are aggressive. I would say the tweets were a little rapey at times. <laughs> <laughs> if not, just a tad bit suggestive. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. Yeah. But okay. So then that's what you do when you go to well, yeah, you the go show and you and you uh, you figure you try to see if anything overnight got them all riled up. Like if Ant is mad at something, you know. Al Sharpton said. Then you go and find – which is not uncommon. Yeah. You go and find that clip of Al Sharpton saying it so they have the clip. And I go and just try to find some audio clips that they'd be interested in, try to find some video clips that they'd be interested in. And then we just give them audio clips and news articles that we think they would like to talk about and then wait and see if they talk about it. Now, how many guys are on the production team? Uh, 
six total. So there's. I've been, I haven't listened in. in a, I haven't. I haven't listened since I. In all honesty, I don't think I've listened since I've been on. How come? Um. I, well, I, I think just I've been working a lot. Yeah. And it's hard to get XM serious. I, I. To be dead honest with you, man, if there was a way to download it on into a podcast format where I could just click it and download it, I would definitely do it. But I definitely do it the same way I do podcasts, where it's like guest friendly like when i when i see guys like colin on i get fucking excited yeah i've bought those episodes yeah or colin or patrice or like nick DePaulo. one of my favorite ones was nick DePaulo and mike probiglia and mike probiglia starts to do a angry bit. mike probiglia evil was that what was he yeah he was he turned he, he did didn't yeah, he? he was very nice and then you could tell it slowly he got well, because Voss kind of started shitting on it. Yeah. Yeah. Voss did. And then yeah. and Nick DiPaolo goes, oh, here we go with a story. A bit. Yeah. And, yeah, and, right. and and Mike goes, this isn't a bit. And and Nick DiPaolo's like, I've been doing comedy for 20 fucking years. Don't ever tell me I don't know what a bit sounds like. Yeah. And he goes, go ahead. Do your bit. And he goes, it's not a bit. And he goes, okay, I'll tell you. Go ahead. Start it. And Berbiglia <laughs> starts doing his thing. He goes, here's a bit. And there's the punchline. That's the ending. It's the truth. It's the way that show works. Is you cannot do you you can't you can't do a bit. It's really tough for comedians doing O and A because either you know like you came in knowing the show, so it was probably a little easier for you. It was a little easier, but it's still hard because they don't know me and and and, and like and despite, they're, ready to, yeah. they're ready to cremate people at any at a moment's notice. I, I never understand that. I ne- I am so uncomfortable with uh, confrontation. Uh-huh. I never understand that part of the show where, like, Opie, Opie lo- lo- like, he loves, if he could have confrontation, I think he would rather confrontation, like, when he threw the fucking dominoes at the girl. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah, like, see, <laughs> like, I don't, I love confrontation. Oh, I fucking hate it. It makes me so uncomfortable. But I only like confrontation with people <laughs> who I know well. <laughs> like, I hate confrontation. Like, I don't like, con- like, I wouldn't, like, the first time I met you. Yeah, if you were like not great on the sh- on, on my show, yeah, I would probably try to pick you up as much as I could and just get through it and like you know what I mean, just yeah. try to do whatever I could to ingratiate you to the audience. But like, if you were a buddy of mine or if you were a coworker, then I would just sit there listening to you, waiting yeah. to pick apart anything that you said <laughs> wrong. I see what you're saying. So it's like I I like it like as I, as I meet people, we go through this like phase of like. Okay, I didn't know you first. Okay, now we're friends. Okay, now I'm being a dick. Yeah, you know? I, yeah, I have no. I'm. I'm. I don't like. I don't like confrontation in any respect. Like it makes me massively uncomfortable in the weirdest way. It does. Yeah. Oh, I like. Yeah. See, I like public confrontation because, like, I hate. That's why I like radio so much. Like, I like having everything out open, so it's like there's no going back on what you said. Your opinion's right there. Like you said, my this, opinion changes nine and there's times. There's a record of it. My opinion changes more than the history of me. Like <laughs> I, my opinion changes fucking daily. Yeah. Like I fucking say one thing, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I totally disagree with what I just thought. <laughs> like I, I, I can disagree with myself like in the moment. Uh huh. But there are people that know what they want, know what they say, and then they know what they fucking do it, and they're like, yeah. that's what I want. Like I like holding people to that, and at the very least. You know, if we got into a conversation, Tucker Carlson, not Tucker Carlson, Tucker, Tucker Max. Tucker, oh, yeah. the tu- See, something like that is great because everybody would want to call the guy out. And Tucker Max is the guy who, I mean, he, he has his website and he's got all these books and he writes all these stories yeah. about hooking up with girls and partying and stuff like that. And he's he's not telling the truth. He's lying. He's his lies. The only the frustrating thing about his lies mm-hmm. are they're they're blatant, right? They so, are. So let me ask you then. 
So he was on ONA. I listened to that and I had to turn it off. I couldn't listen to it anymore. Because he's telling his stories and they start going, oh, really? And everyone, Opie, Anthony, and Jim in the room at the same time, they all kind of figure out that he's lying and they all get on this like sort of synergetic movement of, okay, this is, this is where we're going. And they start asking him questions and they start like playing sound bites. Yeah. And they're like, but you shit your pants outside. How did you get back in? Like, like it just, his, it's watching, it was watching a chronic liar lie on top of lies and it just becomes uncomfortable. Yeah. He cried. He was crying. He cried. He cried. He He left the studio. He goes, Hey, Tucker through the book. Tucker turned around and hit him right in the head. <laughs> and Tucker fell to his knees and started crying. That fucking <laughs> But here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing that I that I will cuz I I've always I've <clears throat> I've consistently been waiting for someone to say to me all my stories are lies. Cuz that's, that's all... what I was going to ask you as like as somebody who's got a reputation of telling outrageous stories. Yeah, and being that college yeah. party guy uh when you go to do a show like ONA, are you worried that they're going to be sitting there waiting for you to – even if you forgot a detail or you said yeah. something wrong, waiting to call you a liar? Um, I did not think about that. I don't – I didn't think about that then, but I d- definitely because I didn't expect to tell the machine story. Mm-hmm. I just expected to go and hang out and then – I, the second I sat down, Obi's like, "What's the machine story?" And I'm like, "Oh fuck." Yeah. But yeah, I, you know, I would be. I, I'll t- let me say it this way: I was uh, nervous after that story got really big because I was like, "A story's a story." For me, I just told on stage. The only thing I'm married to is the comedy part of that story. That's the only thing I will sacrifice small details to get a laugh. I'll fa- I'll sacrifice. Um, I'll withhold material in that story to raise the stakes. Now, that story, out of all the stories I have, the probably the bro- bone structure is probably the most um, integral because it's a. It, it, I say this now. It is a true story that uh, that it did happen to me, and people did witness it. So I can't really change it too much because I'm afraid that those people that witnessed it are going to go, "Well, that's fucking bullshit." And but up until this is after O and A. And after I got my book deal and I started doing this documentary, I started telling the story a lot and I started going like – I started really thinking like like how how much of it's true? Because as any story goes, the more you tell it, the more kind of – you listen to any two people tell the same story about what happened the night. They both have drastically different stories. Right. So I started going, fuck. I started really thinking about it. Then I was in Seattle and Seattle or Portland and uh, I get there. I'm with my documentary film crew and there's a dude who is uh, from – the train he was on the train when i robbed it and he's sitting in the front row wow and i'm like i'm and now now trust me out of my in my heart when i tell you a story i am not making up i can't i can't put in things that didn't happen if i do they're outrageous we're like and then i stabbed him in the heart but like i can't really put take a real leap of faith in, in material and just lie to you that just is not part of my genetic makeup i will stretch the truth to get a laugh out of you but i'd never lie but I'm, now i'm sitting on stage you're the guy who drives the drunk girl home yeah not the liar <laughs> yeah i'm not the guy that told you he fucked her i'm the one that says no i didn't fuck her yeah and i'm a loser i'm fine with being that there are two types of stories every human being tells in their story they're either the hero or the loser if you listen to people tell stories in their story they're either the hero in the story or the loser they either fucking come away like like fucking david going i took down goliath or they're like moses like well i mean i think i parted it <laughs> so moses is probably a bad example but 
anyway, I'm always the guy that's the loser in my story. I'm always the fuck up. And, and I just really realized that the other day in listening to people tell stories. So, uh, so he's sitting in the front row. I recognize him. And as I'm telling the story, I'm watching his face like out of my peripheral vision going like he's not laughing. And he's kind of like like nodding and looking off to the side and listening. So I get done the story and I go, and I go, is your name DJ? And he goes, yeah. Now my documentary film crew is there. They're all in the audience. They're filming all of this. And I know more than anything, I want this movie to sell. And if we have a great fucking moment where I bring this motherfucker on stage and he calls me out as a liar, I don't give a shit. I don't give a fuck. Which, by the way, people are absolutely going to think that that was a setup, having that guy in the audience for the documentary. Uh, yeah, I guess they will now that I say that. But, yeah. I mean, now yeah. you're on the record of... I mean, not, not only yeah. did, you, did it not occur to you to set it up, it didn't even occur to you that once it happened, people would perceive yeah, it that I way. didn't even so. think that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's in the fucking front row. He's yeah. in the front. He's literally at my toes. Yeah, like, and he, like, yeah, that did now, that, now that does look <laughs> really suspect. Why didn't we put him in the fucking back? <laughs> I should have had some foresight. I'm like, hey, listen, real quick, can you hop to the back? I'm going to call you up to the front. Yeah. No, his, so I go, uh, DJ, right? And he's like, yep. I go, DJ, guys, this is really special. This guy, if I'm not mistaken, DJ was on the train that night. He was like, yeah, now the silent crowd is silent. I go, DJ, come on up on stage. I go, honestly? Now, I did put him in extenuating circumstances by putting him on the spot like this. But I figured it's a fuck. If if he's there to see if I'm lying about it, he'll, he'll have no problem doing this. There are people that did confrontation, and he's sitting in the front row of my show. And I go, listen, man, I have no ownership to what – I don't care what you say. I want you to tell the truth. 100%. That is more important to me. I have a film crew here. But how much of that Russian mob story is true? And I hand him the mic, and it's like that moment of fucking just waiting for him to call me like, out. And he this goes... Is, this is the moment where, in the movie you're making, this could easily turn into something new. Like, it turns out I was lying, and I had no idea I was lying the whole time. I don't know what's wrong with me. And, and he fucking grabs the mic, takes a second, and he goes, 100% true. And and as soon as he said that, it's like all this fake guilt I've had over telling this amazing fucking story <laughs> is relieved. And I'm like, fucking told you, bitches. <laughs> and Even, nobody's doubting you. <laughs> yeah, and then no one's ever doubted me. It's me in my head. It's like the time my buddy Kirk stole money from my buddy Blair, and I lived with Blair, and I felt guilty like I stole the money. And But I knew I hadn't stole it, but everyone thought I stole it because I was like, they were like, how's he getting money? And I was like, I called my dad. But And so I go, I fucking – and then he comes up. I won't even know something crazier. He comes up at the end of the show we hang out backstage meet his fiance he hands me pictures from the russian trip and he's like this is a picture of igor and then i show a picture of igor i show a pic it's fucking it was the coolest fucking moment he's like yeah i've been in touch with a lot of those kids from the trip they've all reached out they've heard the story they think it's so fucking cool that you're a stand-up now that and it was like and then i start going like what kind of what's wrong with my personality that i would lay in bed and think someone would call me a liar and i'd think of defenses of how i defend it because I'm not just I'm just not lying. Like right. that's all there is to it. I'm just telling a. It was an amazing fucking story that happened to happen to me. So yes, when I saw that Tucker Max thing, I, I wasn't even telling the machine story when I saw that. Yeah, that wasn't even out. I hadn't even told it. I had told it in life because it had happened. You know, 15 years ago, I told it on like Doctor on Loveline. And I told it uh, on, like, Elliot in the Morning. But it didn't blow up until you told it on Rogan. I told it on Rogan, and it fucking took off. And it was like, it just, it, it changed everything. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm not, I'm the machine. Yeah. And it's so crazy, because I have no ownership to the short story. It's, it's just a story that was told, you know, that, that I told, that it just happened. And I never really, like, but yeah. So that definitely runs through my head. And my book, when my book comes out, I'm sure people are going to go, 
go, really? Like, really? You're telling me that, uh, like, the Van Wilder story is another one where I go, where I go, these are all things that are told to me. And National Lampoon sat down in a room and said, yes, you, that, they said that, but I still have no fucking ownership of that. I yeah. always wonder when the dude who wrote the movie is going to come out and go, bullshit, I fucking, because why would he ever go, he's right, yeah, I it, stole it. <laughs> and it's funny, too, because like, when I've asked you about the Van Wilder thing, I don't know if it was one of the times you talked on the radio or on my podcast or whatever. You say, yeah, it was about me, but you do, you do it in a way where you're trying to get past it. I don't, yeah, I don't want to, I, I hate, I, first of all, it's something I had nothing to do with. I yeah. had no involvement with. I didn't write the script. I just, I just, I just had Oliver Stone. Even when I met Oliver Stone, I was gun shy to tell him because I was like, "What if he doesn't remember? Then I look like a liar." Like so, I like Oliver Stone optioned the rights. It was a free option through a guy named Jody. Something was my agent. He was a writing agent, and it was through me and the writer. They optioned the rights. They started the, um, you know, writing the scripts. All the dudes wrote the scripts, and then Will Smith signed me to a development deal. And Will was very adamant: if he doesn't play in this movie, we're going to kill this project. I don't want this project going. We have him in a, We want him to star in this if he's going to be in our sitcom. We they wanted it to blow up, and they were like, "No one's ever going to fucking hire him to star in a movie." Project died. All the writers got their intellectual property back, and the one dude took his and sold it to National Lampoon. Now, the only the two variations I have is uh, Walt Becker, who's the director, his girlfriend was taking pictures with my roommate. That's how I learned about all of it. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, my roommate's right. My boyfriend's writing a movie or working on a movie about the number one party animal in the country. And he's going to this school. And my roommate goes, oh, my my roommate is the number one party. He's it was written up in Rolling Stone. And she goes, oh, my my boyfriend just read that article. Like, that's the movie's based on that guy. Yeah. And he was like, whoa. And then my roommate told me. I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and I was like and, – and then I looked. Then the movie came out and everyone wanted to sue. But the movie was a flop. So no one sued. Van Wilder was a flop? Yeah, it was a flop in the theaters. It's a cult classic That's, now. Yeah. But it was a flop in the theaters. So everyone's like, fuck it. Barry Cass is like two people. There are two types of people in this business. Those who sue and those who work. Which one do you want to be? I was like, you can be Crispin Glover, who sued and you haven't seen since. Yeah. Or you can be fucking Michael well, J. Fox. I mean, don't don't insult Willard that much. <laughs> oh, God, I never got married to that movie. The rap movie. The um. So, but and then I went to National Lampoon with Kevin Couch, who is a real person and has since reached out and said, "How cool that you bring my name up every time you tell the story." Mm-hmm. And I sat with him and we brought in the execs and we had him sit down and I told them this story just like that and they heard it and they went, they went. Oh my God! Cut the mics. What's what do you want? Are you going to sue us? And I was like, No. I go. I just want to be able to tell this and know I'm not lying. And they're like, Okay, <laughs> that's very that's cheap it. for us. You can have it. Yeah, yeah. They're like, Done. Okay, tell it all you want. I don't give a shit. They're like, You want to do a radio show, parting with the original Van Wilder? And I was like, Yeah, let's fucking do it. So, but I still, I get. I don't know what it is. It's it's the same thing. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But you're right. And 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 when I when I promote my book, I'm just gonna have to get drunk and just barrel through and go look. Fuck you. They happened. Yeah. I thought Will Smith wanted to have sex with me. I fucking smoked PCB with Tracy Morgan. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. I don't know how that yeah. works. But, but like, that's still, even that, like, I don't, whatever, you know? Like, I don't even like, I don't even like that story out there because what if he fucking hears it? He's not going to remember. Uh-huh. But Tony Woods was there. Thank God Tony yeah. Woods was there. So, it's just interesting because it seems... And, it, and, and for the record, it was I don't know if it was PCP. Jesus Christ. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I don't want to get sued about anything. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? And who knows if that story's even real? Who fucking knows? Probably made Jesus up. Christ. Yeah, fuck it. But it's just funny because like everybody loves... that. That's the whole process is like you're getting famous off of 
a handful of stories. Like there, you know, there are stories that people attach themselves to that they love of yours, and that's what's that's what's making you, you know, well known. But the more famous you get from the stories, you're just aware that the next wave is when people start coming in. No, he's fucking lying. Yeah. He's oh, it's, someone's got to say that. Someone yeah. has to be thinking that, and I'm, and I know that, and I understand that. And there's no de- rebuttal. I can't. There's when someone says to you, "You're not married." They say that to me after my shows. They're like, "There's no way you're really married." I, the natural answer is, "Well, you're a fucking moron." Right. I apologize. I don't know how to fix that. I'm certainly married. I'm definitely married. It's not for my act. I don't make this up. Yeah. So that I have a bit about kids, but people believe that, and then people go, "There's no way that Russian mob story happens." And here's the other part of that that I will say. That I will say definitively. I had a great story. I had like three great stories when I was very young. That were about three fights that I used to tell back to back to back, and then uh, DC Benny. Do you know who DC Benny is? I know the name. I'm sure I do. Oh yeah, the yeah. comic in the village in in New York. Yeah. And he told me you should you should just combine them. We were doing a storytelling room. He's like, you should just combine them. Just put them all and make it all about one story. Like that would be great. And so I was like, okay. So I combined the stories, and I told one story um, about that. And I was really proud of my writing process that I had created this one event and combined all this, and I had made it even better. I had really like thrown in some real – I was really proud of myself. And I got done, and there was a guy. I think his name is Gary Hess or Gary Mann. Uh, he had used to book Aspen. Okay. And he came up to me, and he was fucking glowing. He was like, hey, man, I, I want to say it's Gary Mann. I know he now works at Comedy Central, but I want to say it was Gary Mann. I'm not sure. But he comes up. He, the guy worked for Aspen. He was like, man, my name's da-da-da. I work at Aspen. He gave me his card, and he goes, and that fucking fight story with the uh, – I hate to say this now, but it was like a special needs kid and, and this short kid named Hollywood Court. And he goes, that is one of the fucking best stories I've ever heard. And I was like, oh, thanks. And he was like, he's like, is that true? And I was like, no, I wrote it. And he went, oh, and walked away. And I went – Huh, note to self, never say it's not true again. Yeah. I was like, fuck, this guy was so excited. All I had to say is yes, but I was a li- I'd be lying. Right, you, you, you And I couldn't do that. I could, not, I could not tell. And there's stories that I tell that I get, that I get caught up in the truth. I get caught up in like, like the, I don't know if you've, like, I don't, and I don't, won't do this about the stories I'm telling on stage right now, but a lot of times I'll tell the story and then I'll go back and I'll go, let me tell you how that really ended. Because I get caught up in the truth, like the fight in the black guy at night. Do you ever hear that story? I used to have a story about fighting a black guy at nights, like fighting Predator, and just yeah, brrr, 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 and then I win the fight. It's, it's all my hour special. If you want, go to iTunes and download it or Amazon.com. And I throw the last punch. My hair lands in his hand. Hand lands in his hair, and I go. It's a very important life lesson. Um, white people pay attention. Black people, when you rub in the right place, fall asleep, much like a crocodile. <laughs> and so, and so, I. What's so funny is that I had such a problem. With people thinking that whole story was made up, that I would end up telling the truth of how that fight ended, which wasn't pleasant. So, but I would end up taking a fucking as like a hot ju- one. Just so you know, yeah. Just so you know, this is really how that ended. And then I'd tell it, and it would be it would get a couple laughs, but it didn't end as big as that. I should have just ended it and moved on. But I was so fucking concerned that people thought the whole thing was bullshit because the end was bullshit, and the whole thing was so fucking true that yeah. my buddy Cow had found the guy on MySpace and fucking <laughs> was going to have him in studio. And I was like, "What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. This is a he was like thought it was a bit. I go, this is a real fucking dude who I fist fought. The last time I saw him, he was kicking my ass. <laughs> the last thing I want to do is see him now in the fucking." Cloak of failure. I'm sure he drags around with him everywhere. Yeah, and, and seeing you successful. Yeah, 
telling a story about him. Story. Yeah, yeah, that's subtly inappropriate. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, so you, so your book is going to be all your stories, all my stories, and then, and I've had to. Uh, that's the other thing is that you start going like you, you, you tell you write you write your proposal, and it's got all your stories that um, you've told that people know, and those are what sell it. And then they're like, all right, let's keep going. And then you're like, ooh, I'm not as interesting on paper as I really am. Like, I, yeah. I guess I might have oversold myself. Like, <laughs> I've told my great stories. You've heard them. Yeah. But then I go, what about the – like, that's what is what separates a, a, a writer from a great writer is a guy who can take a story that's not so great and then really turn it into something that's fucking a great story. Right. So now I've taken – like, I have um, – I've taken smaller stories and I'm not the kind of guy – the other thing about – I, by the way, I just realized I actually did turn this into a podcast where you interview me. Yeah, I know, I know. I fucking can't. I just realized that you were completely interviewing me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is fucking awesome. Yeah, this well, is I great. That's where we're both most comfortable. Yeah, just I think so. It and I'm going, okay, I yeah. find this interesting. So, um, so I, I, I'm also not the kind of person that remembers a lot of my stories. Uh-huh. Like I'm, def- I'm definitely that guy that is at a party, and someone goes, "Did you guys know the story about when Bert did this?" Like that whole Rolling Stone article is the perfect example of me. I read it and I was like, "Oh shit, I did do that." Oh, I forgot about that. Right. But I'm I'm usually in the moment. I'm drinking, and what I think is very casual fun, everyone else sees as outrageous wildness. And so I'm like, I don't remember a lot of my stories. So a lot of like, I because as they're happening, you're like, well, I mean, this is whatever. It's not and that to, big and of a to deal. People watching, they're going. Oh my god! Like tomorrow, they're talking about it, and you yeah. were just like, I don't know, it just happened. I don't want to make a big deal out of this, right? The Russian mob story. I got in so much trouble for that when we got back to St. Petersburg. Uh-huh. I kind of wanted to forget about it. I don't want to just like bun back in and not be the kid that was fucking things up or robbing <laughs> the other kids. I just want to have fun. And then when I got home, or robbing the other, kids. Or robbing the other kids. And then when I got home, I, I my girlfriend had, uh, for five years had cheated on me, and so. I never really told that story much to like my friends. Like I never really, I I never like went out braggadociously of it. I told it to like my close group. When we get drunk, I'd be like, "Oh, I have a good story." I never really told much of it, you know. So, like, I, I yeah, I'm kind of like the I have been digging deep of like what are good stories, and thankfully it's like, you know, and it's the whole book is about party, like fucking outrageous party, yeah, kind of. Life of the party stories. But so, you don't get you, – so it's all about partying. It's not about the fact that you've only been with like no. six women. That's in there. That's in there because the, my but losing – But not really. It's in there because – it's in there because um, I felt like it needed to be in there because I wanted my um, – my losing my virginity story is absolutely horrific. How old were you? 17 and it is it is like like American pie worthy of bad. Like, really? Oh, I'm fucking assuming you bad. might save it for the book. Yeah, I'll save it for the book. So, but I had then I and then I started realizing like all my stories, and I had to go through all my stories about women, and it kind of molded into a nice story, a a fun story about sexuality and and whatnot. So, are you going to be okay? Because I know based on the conversations that we've had that you don't like necessarily telling the story. Like you don't like it when somebody's heard a story that you've told and they ask you to tell it. I don't. I feel especially the more famous ones. I feel like that you're not comfortable when they're like, "Yeah, tell me this story," and yeah. I think it's probably because you're worried about the stuff we were just talking about. Are you prepared to put out a book and go on a press tour where the whole thing is going to be? Yeah, tell me the machine story. I, I, am, story. I am. I am prepared for that. I am prepared for that because I don't mind. I don't mind 
telling them. I don't mind telling them, but it's like I don't like I would never I would never yeah, I don't mind telling them. I don't mind telling them at all. I like telling stories and I enjoy telling stories and the art form of telling stories is fun. But you're right in that uh, am, am I prepared for it? Not, not at all. Like, because I think you like telling stories on your terms. Like you like telling stories on stage. I like telling stories when I get excited about a story. Right. Yeah. And so hopefully but you don't like it when when you sit down and I'm like, yeah, yeah, tell a Will Smith story. People love it. Yeah. That's not a setup. I don't yeah. know what you're going to say. I like when it feels it. organic. I don't want to feel. I don't want people to sit back and go, "Here we go. Here's a good story." But I. But I love the art of storytelling. Mm-hmm. For me, is so neat that that. And I think I've uh, the machine story taught me how to st- tell a story because I I did it on Rogan and Rogan's like you got to do that on fucking stage. I'm your friend. This is what happens when you tell a great story. If you do not tell that on stage, I will fucking every time I see you, I will fucking. I will haunt you until you tell it. And then went on his podcast because I wa- he saw him the next time. I go, I'm, no, I'm still not telling it. And he goes, everyone, everyone listening to this podcast, I want you to go to Bert's show and I want you to yell the machine until he tells the story. He's like, Bert Kreischer is only to be referred as one thing. It's the machine or powerful Bert Kreischer. And you fucking <laughs> yell the machine. You yell the machine until he tells this fucking story. So I was forced to learn how to tell a story that's 12 minutes long on stage. Yeah. And I learned the... The base art. Not the, I'm not a great storyteller, but I'm definitely good enough to do it for a living. So I learned how to like weave it and and pull back and heighten things and with without lying, without with with telling, keeping the the roots of a story true. So that's the fucking. I now I love storytelling. I love and when you go do a radio, you got to learn how to tell it clean and yeah. But just you have to learn how to tell it clean, and then if say you end up on GMA to promote this book, you got to tell that story in two and a half minutes. Not they asked me minutes. to tell it on Letterman. They asked me to tell the machine story on Letterman, and I was like, I can't. I go, I can't tell it in seven minutes. Yeah. They're like, shorten it up. And I was like, I can't. I don't know. I go, I can tell fighting a bear. Like, when I fought a bear. (laughs) I can tell you about the time I fought a bear. Like, you're me fighting a bear. I tamed lions. I like, what, like, I can tell you other quick stories, but I like, machines too fucking long. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how I'll promote. I think that'll be the, the, the story too written out is a lot longer because my publisher, my publisher went through and was like, um, I'm going to be real candid. I don't believe that the school paid off the mob to take care of you. Like, you need to prove that to me. I was like, there's no proof. That, that just happened. That's just how Russia worked in 1995. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I can't, I don't. And so he's like, well, explain it in best you can. And so I fucking talked about my teacher. My teacher came to me and she had a fanny pack full of uh, like probably 10 grand in her, in her jeans. It was hidden in her jeans. And she came back to my seat on a Delta flight and opened it up, and I thought she was about to show me her junk. <laughs> Swear to God, she goes, "I got to show you something." I'm freaking out, and I was like, "What?" And she opened her pants. I was like, "Oh, this is how this happens." And she was hot as shit. And so I was like, "What?" And she showed me. She goes, "They've asked us to carry money into the country, so we can pay off the mob." And I'm like, "Are you serious?" She goes, "I've got one. The other one's got one. They've got one." How come they showed you? She showed me because I was in her class. Also, I was the dude that she gave. Seized to for just showing up to class, right? So like we had a like a common thieves bond of like I hadn't done the work. I remember when they brought me in to go to Russia. I sat in front of the head of the Russian department. He walked in, sat across from me at the table in the whole language foreign. Uh, the I think it's, I forget what it's called, but it's like the foreign language department. And but it's it's the Romantic languages or something or the Slavic languages. Sat across from me and said something in Russian. He was like, and I was like, I have no idea what you're saying. And they looked at her and he goes, he really doesn't know a fucking word. And she was like, he knows nothing. And he goes, listen, if you 
you go to Russia, you are going to get a minor. You understand that, right? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, and you will be close to a major, but you have to promise never to take another Russian class. And I go, I swear to God. He goes, you will be so close to being able to get a major, but you have to swear to me that this is the last time we see you. I go, you give me C's and you will never see me again. <laughs> he was like, all right, he can go. Yeah. That was how I went. That's great. Man. Yeah. That's um, great. So wait, let's go back. Okay, let's turn this around so it's more about you guys. Roland's, I'm losing Roland. Roland, you want another beer? All right. Roland so, falls asleep. I fall asleep everywhere. Yeah, do you have narcolepsy? I think so. Um, <laughs> uh, I fell asleep at Paul McCartney's soundcheck. Dude, do you know this? What? Uh, Sirius XM did a big win. I think when we hit, I don't know, 25 million subscribers. You do not have 25 million subscribers. Yeah, we have more than 25 million subscribers. Holy shit. Because the company's merged. And when that... So wait, hold on. The last I heard it was 6 million subscribers, but that was like... That's XM. That was XM. Yeah, that would have been like just XM. Then they merged. I think at the time of the merger, it was somewhere around 15 million. Mm -hmm. And it's only grown. Yeah, there were like... 25 going on 26 million subscribers to SiriusXM. Holy shit. So how many viewers, how many listeners do you think like an Owen Air Stern get? They won't tell us. Really? Not even close. But I mean, I think a lot because you don't. Well, <clears throat> I base it on Twitter followers, the amount of times people recognize me in the street. Like I feel like if I'm getting recognized in the street, there's a lot of people listening. Well, I can tell you how many... How many more followers, or how many more n- people are watching than my show? <laughs> like I can base I can base recognition off of how many people watch my show versus how many people listen to you. Like, would you say <coughs> a million people listen to you a day? Uh, that's a high number. I don't know. If a I'd... million's a big number these yeah. days. To get to aggregate a million people to one channel of something is a lot. Because you're talking about a lot of distractions. You're talking about iPods, YouTube. Some people still watch TV. Yeah. You know, regular radio, satellite radio, podcasts. I mean, a million would be a lot. But what do you think, like, a average terrestrial radio show gets? In a local market? I don't even know anymore. I, w- I wouldn't have the faintest idea. Like, I mean... Like, be real. You think it's like... It's like I in, mean they're the big ones like in Elliot York? in the morning. Elliot in the morning's got uh, Elliot in the morning's got to have fuck. He's got to be in DC. He's got to he's the big he's him and Cowhead. Uh, are well, yeah, probably, how many listeners does Cowhead get? I don't know. We can fucking call him and ask. I guess because I wouldn't have the faintest idea because Cowhead's in Tampa, right? Yeah, Tampa's a big market. Tampa's not a. It's it's not. I don't think I don't know how big the market is. I feel like it's a it's a good market in the sense that. It's one of the few markets where I think of that there's talented people there and that have come from there. Like there aren't that many markets where – like I would put Tam- – I would say New York, LA. New York, Tampa, Atlanta, San Francisco, Seattle, Chicago. Chicago's a dead fucking market for Chicago, radio. Chicago, Boston, and Philly. There's no one doing radio in Chicago. Really? You go to do press, there's no press in Chicago. I love that city. Why don't they have like a fucking radio show in Chicago? I don't know. I, know. I want to move there and do a radio show. Why don't you? Because they – What's your next move? I've been trying everywhere to get a look at radio. People don't hire people to do radio shows anymore. Really? No. I mean, they don't hire, especially doing what I do. Like, they don't hire young talk shows anymore. Like, Cowhead and that channel is, like, the last beacon of hope because they're either 
every place is jockeying music in terrestrial radio, mm-hmm. and they're doing it in a way where you have the same guy on in New York and Detroit, and yeah. th- like it's one guy, and he's just he's doing his show live in New York, and then he goes and switches the board. Now he's live in Detroit. Now he's live. They're doing that partly and, in Tampa too, and he's got the, <laughs> and he's got different names everywhere. Really? Like they're not acknowledging, hey, I'm live everywhere. It's like see that for me would keep me up at night. Like that's that's integral lying in my opinion. It's lying. I like Dude, like there's this guy right. There's this guy named Chunky, and I've met Chunky, and he's a nice guy. He's just doing what he's told. Yeah, this is what he's told to do. I, I I don't consider Chunky a liar. I consider him a part of this. I don't want to use the word machine, but you know, machine in a different <laughs> way. Where he's on in Detroit, right? Okay, and he's a Detroit DJ. Then he moves to New York when they turn K-Rock into 92.3 Now, which is a hit music station. And he becomes chunky, and he goes on the radio, and he starts talking about everything that's going on in Midtown. And, every, and he's talking like he's from New York, and he's wearing a Yankees hat. Are you serious? Then he's off in New York. No, did he live in New York, though? Well, he had to move to New York, but he wasn't from New York. Okay, so he... But he didn't Where does say, he live? Where does he live? Now? Yeah. Well, then... He moves to Philly to do radio. Now he lives in Philly. But I looked at his website, and he comes on the radio in Philly, and he, he, he keeps the name Chunky. But they announce him as the guy who sells them cheesesteaks, and they just found him and put him on the air. And that's his uh, that and that's make, his yeah. gimmick. I don't, I'm not going to fault Chunky for it, but that would make no, me you, fucking crazy. Yeah. And I'm I couldn't sure it makes do him that. crazy. Like we had – we uh, – yeah, that, that – like I, I up until recently, you heard me on the phone right before we went on. I up until recently was very nervous about ever describing myself as a travel expert, despite the fact that I, despite the fact that I work for Travel Channel, I was yes. always hesitant to be like, uh, to, to be on TV with travel expert Bert Kreischer because I was like, hey, I am just a fucking guy. I'm a comedian first. That's what I do. But then I started realizing, like when when we were doing the the. Second season of Trip Flip, I was like, they were coming to me and they were like, hey, we're going to um, Utah. Any ideas? And I was like, well, we have a few options because I've traveled the fucking world. Right. F- fucking four times over. Like, I've definitely extensively traveled. I know more about booking travel because I've done that for myself for 15 years. I know more about getting deals and how to get upgraded. I know more about that shit than than 99% of the people in this business. I sat down. What was crazy is I ran into a dude in Jamaica who books celebrity travel. Uh, really cool dude. And me and him geeked out about planes and about mm-hmm. best planes to fly and like what best airlines, what's the best deal. Oh, dude, you got to get on that Lufthansa fight. There's a red, Luf, Lufthansa red eye or whatever it is that they net. You can always get upgraded to business if you're if you're one world aligned. Like, and we just geeked out. And I was like, okay, I'm willing to now go on any news portal and say i know the fu- i know what the fuck i'm talking about when it comes to travel because it's experience it's just experience and it's 4 years of of 4 years is a lot it's not 10,000 work hours yeah. but it probably it might be the way travel works their schedules but of hardcore experience of traveling i fly 250,000 miles a year inter- domestic and that's a fucking dickload there's no one flying more than me i am in a handful of travelers on american airlines that are that i sat next to a pilot one time and he was like, I was like, have you been on the uh, new 777s? And he's like, no. What's, what are they like? I was like, you haven't even flown on it? And he was like, no, no, no. 
I go, well, it's three classes of service. Let me tell you something. First class isn't that much better than business class, in my opinion. I don't. And he's like, how the fuck do you know so much? And I was like, I fucking fly for a living. I'm an expert. I'm an expert. I'm a fucking expert. <laughs> and when it comes to pussy, hey, it's mid-sized cars. But when you right, talk yeah, about airplanes. I have no idea. <laughs> they all seem the same. They all seem the same. But yeah, so, like, so there's nothing. So like terrestrial radio is tough. And then you don't even know where anything's going. Like I've literally – I've – I know more people at Sirius XM than I think anybody else in that building. I didn't realize how big that building was. Yeah. I got the accidental full tour today by the girl who thought we were doing it upstairs. Mm-hmm. And uh, that place is fucking huge. Yeah. But, like, I know the the boss of pretty much every channel, and I've auditioned for tons of channels. There's always some reason. Yeah. But, like, they only want to hire and pay somebody to do a show if there's a name established, like they might pay you to do the Burt Kreischer travel show because yeah. you've got this brand that you've built. But they're not – they don't seem to be. Maybe they're going to change it. I don't know. But in my experience, they're not in the business of building new brands, which makes it tough for me because I'm trying to build my brand through doing radio. Yeah. But nobody in radio wants to build a new brand. Well, that's where you just need to come up – like you're actually uh, – like I'm – Maybe it's just me, but you're really easy to talk to on radio. Like you need to do your podcast, and you need to steal the guests. You need to get Roland to get you guests. That because Roland, I don't know how did you get so dialed in with fucking celebrities. Um, I started. I started uh, as a bitch boy at Warner Brothers, getting coffee for celebrities. Really? For yeah, at fifteen. Fourteen at fifteen. Wait, where'd you grow up? Santa Monica. Really? Yeah. What'd your dad do? Doctor? Uh, owned restaurants. Really? Yeah. And my mom had friends who were heads of this and that in the in the celebrity world. Wow. And so... So I started, you meet celebrities, and we're growing up in LA, you become desensitized. Yeah. So I met every celebrity in the world, and I was like, I didn't care. Yeah. So they always put me with celebrities. My daughter's, my daughter's not to uh, Charlie, Trop, Charlie top your story, my daughter's... Um, are big fans of the show called Good Luck Charlie. Do you know what that is? No. So on Disney XHD yeah. or Disney XD or whatever. And it is, uh, do you remember the movie True Romance? Of course. Yeah. Okay, do you remember the blonde-haired dude who is the bodyguard who gets shot and he's like, I need a doctor. Yeah. I need it. That's the dude. His name's Eric, okay? Uh-huh. He's the dad on Good Luck Charlie. So we go to a party this St. Patty's Day, the premiere party for Birth of Conqueror, uh, or for, for, for Trip Flip. I invite my cameraman and my assistant cameraman because they're in L.A. And then it's, the rest is all friends. I'm not friends with this guy, Eric, but my buddy, Barry, is best friends with him. So he invites Eric and his family, and I see him. And I know my daughter is going to lose their fucking mind because we were just watching Good Luck Charlie. And this is their favorite show, and that's the dad. So I, I'm talking to the guy, to Eric, and we're I think I'm pretty sure his name's Eric. <laughs> and so I'm talking to him, and we're bullshitting about whatever about good luck charlie and what a great show it really is a great show it's like the modern day family ties only problem is networks aren't making family ties anymore they make a modern family they don't want to make family ties right it's a great fucking show and we're my wife and i are telling him that i said i said i wonder if my daughters have seen you i wonder if they'd recognize you and he goes i don't know and i go hold on one second so i go georgia come here so she comes over and i go georgia this is my friend eric and she looks up and she goes hey how you doing and he goes good and she walks away and just leaves him. And I go, and we all laugh. We're like, I guess she does not recognize you. So I, he leaves. I bring her in. I go, baby, did you know who that guy was? She goes, yeah, he's the dad from Good Luck Charlie. And I was like, yeah, you didn't, like, she goes, what am I supposed to do? 
thought she was gonna flip out. I thought she'd lose her fucking mind, and then I realized I'm on fucking TV. Like, yeah. like fucking, what the fuck am I thinking? All the people she knows that are my friends are all on fucking TV. Yeah. And it's like I was, but I was waiting for this fucking moment of like, oh, that desensitization is real. It, yeah, it happens it's when you're in LA. Yeah. You see them everywhere. Yeah, and and I did. I just still don't have that desensitization. I told you I ran into Ron Bennington. I'm fucking geeked out. Yeah, like I was at fucking Hooters <laughs> in the Clearwater. Like, oh my god, Ron, 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 see ya, see ya, see ya. Like, which is so funny because I'm sure you could get on Ron and Fez. Yeah, I guess, but I mean, it's not. Like- yeah, yeah, it's not. I'm sure there's harder radio shows to get on <laughs> that I've been on, but you're on a, but, you're, you're on a TV show. You can get on radio shows. Yeah, yeah but I, I definitely geeked out. I literally was talking to my two uh, represent representatives, and they were like for travel. They were sitting with me in the lobby, and I saw them walk in, and I went, "Oh my god, it's Ronnie B." And they were like, <laughs> "And what?" And I was like, "It's Ronnie B." And I just ran up, and I was like. Ron, it's um, Burt Kreischer. I'm a big fan. And, like, I fucking geeked out because this was the kid who – this was the dude who defined uh, Florida style for me when I was a kid. Uh-huh. Him and Ron and Ron was the biggest show. Which is so funny because he's not – he's from Philly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But here's the kicker. Ready? All my family's friends, all my mom's family is from Philly. Oh, okay. So, so I you... felt this connection. All my uncles knew Ronnie B. Like they, oh, they'd have stories, party with Ronnie B down at Hooters. And you'd be like, shut up. And they'd be like, oh, yeah. Bennington's <laughs> a fucking wild man. He's uh-huh. a wild man. You got to watch that guy. And then that they used to do this when they'd ha- talk to people on the phone. When they'd hang up, they go, see ya. Yeah. And that, I can't tell you <laughs> to this day, if I talk to any of my friends in Tampa, when we hang up, I go, see ya. Like we still do that to this day. He defines so much to me. I, and I said this to you. I said this to you. I probably well, I'll just drop it but it was an awkward introduction uh-huh. I wish I had fucking rethought that one yeah. like I wish I had just taken a second to think what I'd say to Ronnie B if I ever met him or so, just be like like get to the point where you're like you know what I'm established I'm a headlining comic I'm a headlining comic I'm, I have I a TV show I have a book deal shows. let me just yeah let me just walk over and go go. you know I don't need to say hi to him maybe I'll run into him or or Hey Ron, I'm also in the business of entertainment. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. I kind of we're 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 comrades. I left here. my trench coat in my hotel room, but <laughs> yeah. you'd you'd recognize had I rolled in like you. Yeah, yeah, I fucking I man, I've geeked out. Giving him the <laughs> I said that to him. I was a fucking geek. I wish I had handled that differently. I did this. I do this. But I do that. I do that if I mess Stern. You would. Oh, there's no way I could be cool around Stern. I mean, he's. Defined. There's, I mean, there's not that many famous people in radio whose voice you'd hear behind you, and you go, "That's who that is." Yeah, like that voice. Keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, so no, we're no, talking no, about no, geeking no, out. I grew up. I grew up listening to Howard Stern too. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like he, yeah, like Cowhead still calls me, and he's like, "You listening to Stern?" Like yeah. we're fucking children. We're forty year old men. We're fucking <laughs> grown ups. Like we have fucking and, and I will be like at drop off for my kid and be like, honey, I'm gonna go hop in the car. And then hop in the car, fucking stern's easy, it's one oh one. And just bam and it's, it's on. A, it's amazing and promising. It makes me feel good about Cowhead that like he's been in radio for so long and he's done this thing and he's been, you know, and he and he tries to get better and better. He, you know, time slots, he's gone through all the bullshit. Yeah. But he still loves radio. Like he oh, still his, listens to shows. Me and him, and me and him will gossip about radio. Yeah, we have had hardcore gossips about radio stations and people that don't like people that I like. 
like I always give him the inside on the people I like because there are a lot of people that you know there's random bullshit gossips that or hatreds backstabbing that don't, that people don't like each other but don't even know each other they never even met right it's just weird oh do you know who Yoshi is yeah, yeah. of course Yoshi's calling all right we got to call her everybody <laughs> <laughs> Yoshi hey Bert. hey you're uh you're on the podcast are you okay with that we're just I was gonna play your recording Okay, what's up, buddy? Hey, uh, is your podcast on network or are you by yourself? I'm just by myself. Oh, you are? Yeah. Okay. I want to recommend you to someone, but I can't tell you who it is yet. Um, cool. Ooh, I like this teaser. What do you think it's going to be? I don't know. I'm dying to know. Do you know uh, Do you know uh, the guys from Opie and Anthony, Anthony, Sam, Primetime Roberts, and someone who's passing out in my bed right now? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yoshi and I so met cute. in uh, San Diego. Do you know? Do you do you know? Uh, do you know Sam and Roland from Opie and Anthony Yoshi? Oh, of course. Yeah, they're in my hotel room doing my podcast right now. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll let you go. Tell them hi, Sam. I think I, uh, I saw him last time with Norton in um, Comic Con last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's what he said. I reached out to Eddie Eddie Wong, and he uh, he was going to do it, but then his schedule got all tied up with Vice. So his uh, his manager said, or his assistant manager said that he'd let me know when his his uh time freed up but thank you for that reach out yoshi i appreciate it no he's he's, he's gonna do it he's a great guy and, yeah he's uh, a great guy I'm, i almost went to Bauhaus today with robert kelly but it started snowing How's Bob doing? bobby's doing good he's uh i did his podcast yesterday and he did mine today and uh yeah yours your podcast got a huge response yoshi oh yoshi and 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 uh and um my buddy Tom and his mom Lely from the book Heaven and Earth are co- totally into doing a podcast with you. They would love to sit down. Oh please, I, I would love that. Yeah, so we'll I'll we'll get my man cave and we'll get down. She's a pretty intense woman though, so I, I'm kind of excited. Cool, cool. I, I definitely want to do it. But I also cool because I'm coming here to for the next three or four days. Four days. Yeah. And uh, I'm here with Asakira. She's dancing down here. Holy shit. Fuck. Do you think we can get back for Good Morning America in the morning? (laughs) Awesome. How long are you in New York? Uh, I leave tomorrow morning. I I do Good Morning America at like 8, and then uh, I get on a plane at noon. Oh, you're not joking. You really are doing Good Morning America. Yeah, I really am. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome, brother. Awesome, man. Thank you very much, Yoshi. I'll call you when I get. I'll call you when I get some free time. Okay. Okay. All right, brother. See you later. See ya. Bye. See you. See you. I love Yoshi. That yeah. guy was so fucking real. He has this look in his eyes where it's like, I don't know if it's because English is his second language. Did I say English? Yeah. English <laughs> is his second language. But it's when you don't speak, when you when English isn't your, when the language you're communicating isn't your first language, you're less prone to lie, I feel like. Oh, I take that back. Christina Pajinski says her mom fucking lies all the time and she's never spoke English. <laughs> yeah. Do you know I who guess, Christina Pajinski is? I don't think so. Oh! Are you serious? Where would I know her from? Uh, Tom, you know who Tom Segura is? Yeah. Tom Segura's wife. Oh, okay. She's a comedian and the fucking kicker about her, she was on Road Rules. 
Really? Oh. Yes. Then I would know her if I saw her. I'm sure. uh, you would definitely know her. She was on the one where uh, they went to. Uh, I'll pull up a picture of her. You definitely know who she is. Yeah, yeah. Pull up a picture. Way out of Tom Segura, Segura's uh, league. So, do you like not being on a network? How go? Well, I just, you know what? I just, it was like uh, when. Did, he, did you just fall asleep? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was when I started. I my, you know, the way the rating systems goes, and I guess not anymore. I guess it's still up there, but the podcast was highly rated, and so everyone wanted to be on, me to be on a network. But it, there was like it was all friends, and then there was a couple that I was interested in, but I was like, I'm not going to rush. Because it was like management companies, agencies, like yeah. big. It was everyone, and so I was like, I was like, I'm not going to rush to try to jump in a network. And they all wanted to sell me advertising, and I wasn't interested in doing advertising at the time. I'm still kind of not. I'm still kind of just wanted to be organic and be something that I genuinely believe in. And I don't believe in said companies that are very popular at advertising on podcasts. Not one of them. I'll talk about one that like I I was like, this sounds like a great product. The Audible thing? Yeah, It yeah, sounds yeah. like a great product. Until I fucking download it and I realize I got to buy points to buy. Th- it's so fucking complicated. Uh-huh. I was like, no, never mind, Audible. Sorry you, you lost me. It. So I don't want to like get into advertising if if like, if like I don't believe in it. So yeah. until someone so – a product I really believe in or my fucking venture that's now turning a corner and happening. It is? Yeah, Machine Vodka. So, that is? is oh. that, have you announced it? Uh, no, I, everyone when, knows that I'm working on it, but, oh, I've, okay. but because I've talked about it on the podcast, now more vodka companies are coming to me. So uh, so anyway, let's get back to... Uh, I want to show my food court for that one. What? For your vodka. What? How much Come on and promote it. You, uh, on my food court. What's food court? Roland's food court, the one at my food show. You did, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I t- I'll will send you bottles. Ooh, thank yeah. I'll send. I'm gonna send as soon as we get the vodka company up and running. I'm sending all my friends, all my friends, especially like networks. Like I'm probably not Opie and Anthony because they're not like big drinkers. No one drinks on that show. Well, Roland does. I yeah. Do. <laughs> so I'll send it to you guys. It's like it's so funny. I s- like this is the best. Is like when the machine shirts came out. Uh, all the all my friends at radio stations I sent the shirts to I sent like a, a grab bag of shirts to because they'd all kind of helped sell them and Opie had tweeted something about my documentary I think inadvertently but it helped get it funded <laughs> because all the fucking pests were like oh I love that story I'll fucking fund it yeah and so I sent shirts to you know Opie and Anthony I th- sent a bunch of shirts and I saw some guy wearing the shirt today on accident Liam yeah he was wearing the shirt <laughs> yeah and I was like oh cool did you buy it and he goes no one of the guys gave me theirs <laughs> I, was like, I was like I don't expect nor nor any of those guys to wear that shirt so but it was cool that it was being used there's a lot of people around that place that wear those shirts yeah, yeah. because you sent us a giant box I did them. didn't I yeah. so like I wear mine yeah but I took one I didn't take one in every color I, I got one I got the red one and I wear it but then. All the ones because it's a cool shirt that people actually. It's a great wear. shirt. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You ready for me to talk above myself because I've been drinking? Yeah. Yeah. I would venture to say that <clears throat> I was a part of that generation that rebooted the t-shirt game. I would say oh, yeah. so because I could, because I know that we did the shirt and I felt so humiliated making a shirt. Like I was like, I don't sell shirts. Shirts are for like feature acts in fucking Des Moines. No offense, Des Moines. I'll be there soon, but. Like, I'm not a shirt guy. Shirt guys were like guys that did like the, the uh, you know, this is uh, two in the stink, one in the pink, and yeah. that, that was the shirt. I'm like, who fucking wears that? Right. But this shirt was helped fund the documentary, and it was such a cool shirt. Everyone wanted it that we sold it. And then, like, all of a sudden, I got leapfrogged. Like, Ari's t-shirt game is through the fucking roof. Duncan Trussell's? Have you guys ever had him on the show? No. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's fucking amazing. And his t-shirts are 
what these guys have done is they've trumped me and they've just put a word out to their fans and they're like, hey, uh, if you want to, if you want, I'll give you five hundred bucks. Send me your T-shirt design. If I pick yours and I use it to sell T-shirts, I'll send you five hundred bucks. And they get the baddest fucking designs. Ari's T-shirts are sick. Duncan's T-shirts, Joe's T-shirts, Red Band designs, all his own. But like, I'm telling you, man. Yeah, those are the Death Squad shirts, dude. They look amazing. But that's Red Band. He just fucking designs it himself. Joe's the same way. Joe's an artist, so he kind of knows what he wants to do. So, Ari just puts it out. I just put my Twitter icon on a T-shirt. But people bought it. People, you know, it's fun to be a part of, like, I'm a big fan of a website called The Chive. Do you guys know what The Chive is? No. Oh, it's fucking great. It's what great. Is- What's a, it's like a f- website for dudes. It's like got half-naked chicks. Okay. Very always work safe, but half naked chicks that are very sexy, um, hilarious. Like, I mean, sexually, you're you're a more innocent guy. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nothing, nothing out of, I don't nothing want to feel rapey. Right. So uh, and then it's got it's got uh, it's got like funny funny pictures, really funny. Like it's 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 just basically it's something to sit on the toilet and flip through on your iPad, and you you'll giggle or you'll find something funny, you'll show it to someone, or you'll retweet it or whatever. So. Um, but the thing is, the Chives t-shirt game is off the hook. The Chives t-shirt game is undisputed champs. Them and Harley Morenstein. Do you know who Harley and Morenstein is? No. Epic Mealtime? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, Harley. I mean, those guys. Epic Harley. Mealtime, he's got his t-shirts in the mall. You can buy You could buy Epic Mealtime shirts at Hot Topic. Epic Mealtime and Chive are the best at the t-shirt. They fucking revolutionized t-shirts. But uh, we were uh, one morning... We had to, David Duchovny was our guest, and one of the morning hosts wore Sam's t-shirt, and David Duchovny goes, I want one of those. Yeah, it's I, Sam's I, t-shirt. David Duchovny. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. See, a good shirt works, despite it's even better when they don't know what the fuck it is. Right. Like when someone does, some, someone sees that, because I saw the shirt on that guy Liam, and I, and I smiled, and I went, holy shit, how fucking cool is this? And then I went, okay, he clearly works for like ONA. You know, definitely, or like one of the shows close to there. But I went regardless, whether he knew I was coming or not. How cool is this moment? Dude, and then we get so much swag from people. Yeah. We get shirts from everyone. So yeah. the fact that he's wearing one of the shirts. Oh, yeah. I was fucking through the roof. Right. And then, and then uh, my two reps at travel were like, "What?" And I said, "Do you see a shirt?" And they saw it. And they went, "Oh, that's a cool shirt." And I went, "Hold on, they don't even know it's me. Like that's even better. <laughs> yeah. That makes it even a cooler shirt. Is that if you don't know it's me, the shirt that we have when the movie comes out is so fucking pimp. It is. Oh my god, I'm fucking in love with it. But I don't. Uh, I don't know how. I don't like. I don't." I don't know what we're gonna do, to, you know. But I, I, if we're gonna use it to promote the movie or what, but it's so fucking awesome. I'll but one. I'll put it out there now. If anyone wants to do a design, send it to me. If I really, really like it, better yet, if my wife likes it, I'll have her uh, cut you a check for like five hundred. I'm saying five hundred bucks. I have no idea what you should. I'm I mean, just that's made what that you set up. up before. If you'd done yeah. less than five hundred. You would look yeah. like a schmuck because you yeah. said Ari and everybody else. Yeah, I'll give you a check for four fifty. No, I'll give you a check for five hundred bucks if you want to send a design. Send it to me. <laughs> I was about to give Leanne's email address out, but uh, send it to me at Twitter, and I'll send them to Leanne, and uh, you guys can talk to Leanne. The greatest thing that ever happened was the guy who designed my Twitter icon. You know, the cartoon Sam. Yeah, because he did it for free and said it looks I, like from The Simpsons. Yeah, he said use it for whatever you want. I was like, really? I was like, will you send me like the big resolution version? He was like, yeah, I'm just a fan. I like you. Use it for whatever. Oh, so you know, I, could, I put it on my website. I put it on the t-shirts, stickers, everything. Do you want to see something disgusting? Of course. This guy sent me a picture today. He's like, today's drawing. I uh, let's see. Oh, where's my? Where do you put, keep favorites these days? 
This guy goes. To, I, okay, I'm going to give him. Uh, first of all, I'm, I don't mean to shit on uh, on him. He's a, he's a fan, and he's or maybe he's not. I don't know. <laughs> but he's but he's, I just he's, saw it. He's I just on Twitter. I would assume he's not a fan. I just nobody nice on Twitter. I, I just saw it, and I want you to describe it. His name is. Uh, this is his web his uh, site or Twitter. A L A wish us. Allah wish us. Allah wish us. It's at draw something is his Twitter handle. He did a picture. I favorited it because I did like it. But I, after looking at it a couple times, I was like, I don't know if this is a compliment <laughs> because he definitely highlights the bags under my eyes. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> I have red hair. Yeah, you, you're like your jaw is crooked. <laughs> my jaw is really crooked. But he was like today's sketch. I guess he sketches someone every day. The thing is you for Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah, it does look like me from Breaking Bad. If if Michael J. Fox. Was retarded and had a beard. <laughs> That's this what I would be a picture of him. That's what I hear. Open up that other uh, that other growler. Um, but I favorited it, so it's in my favorites. If you want to go to my Twitter, you can then find. Uh, it would be pretty funny to have that on a T-shirt, though, and just write Bert under it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thank you. Yeah, Bert. but my my I th- I feel like my podcast game is terrible. It's difficult for me. I feel it's, like to do a podcast. Solo podcasts are impossible. Look, if you're not Bill Burr. It's it's not, but it's also I I think that because like at least with comics, because comics are dominating podcasts right now, but that's because people want to hear them talk and want to hear them be themselves and want to hear all this. For me, they hear me on the radio every day. What possible motivation would they have? Well, and they hear you on the radio with killers like Opie right. and Anthony, who and Jim. Who, well, and that's and that's when we were talking about you know what's next for me and everything. The most difficult part of the whole thing is trying to figure out my thing with these giants around me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah like that is kind of like, difficult. Like Opie and Anthony and Jim, like it's great because I get this huge audience that I never would have had just being exposed to me in general. But yeah. at the same time, how am I supposed to create an identity that's mine and not have people being like, yeah, that's awesome. You're the man, Sam. Where's Opie? Is he here? Or? Well, it's, it's the it's the thing that happens to a lot of comics is they get over what they get into touring with a headliner and they get overwhelmed by that headliner. Some headliners yeah. are giving, like Joe is always trying to get every one of the dudes he works with. He wants them to be on the road headlining themselves. He he is a thorn in their side to get them out from underneath any kind of shadow he might cast. And then there are other headliners who like having people underneath them and like to like to be like, that's my boy, like you know that kind of guy. Now Opie and Anthony, I, I don't think they're I don't think they're like that, but they're, you do run the run the you do run the risk of having a hard time climbing out from underneath their shadow yeah and that's what it is like oh and i are actually great because i know like i think i don't know i've never worked for stern but i would assume if i worked for stern there's no way i'd be able to do all the side stuff like i wouldn't think that stern would be comfortable with one of his guys no. going over to the comedy channel to do an interview with you and his last interview was terrence howard yeah, 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 like doing it like like yeah I'll, i do interviews all the time i got my own stuff going yeah. on and ONA have been a hundred percent supportive of that. So it's yeah. not I mean, they're absolutely the guys that are like, you know what, if you want to do it, go do it and not we'll help you. We won't stop you. We'll yeah. we'll and and Opie's gone around and told people in the building candidly, you know, we love Sam on our show. If you have a better opportunity for him, you can take him. I won't be mad at you. Yeah. Which I, is the biggest thing he could do. Yeah. But but you're right. It's like number one, people still don't want to do that because they're afraid of ONA. And number like in the building. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, within serious. And number two, 
they're just there's so much you can't get out from under them. You know, it's it is. I can imagine it would be tough. And you have to figure out when is the time to give up all that good that comes with them to try something else that's a lot riskier. Yeah, because you know I, mean? I don't want to get comfortable and just be like, well, yeah. I mean, look, at I have this audience because they're not my audience. Yeah, th- they're ONA's yeah. audience, and I'm aware of that. They're gonna follow ONA wherever they go, and if you decide if ONA leaves and you stay there, they're gonna they're not gonna they're gonna right. go with ONA. So so you know, it's finding the time to be like, well, I'm ready to try this without being. Well, like, how old are you? 29. Yeah, but I've been with ONA for eight years now. Really? Yeah. Oh, you got to jump. I mean, not like I'm not saying that in like in like anything other than. Just it's you're still young. Just fucking do it. Yeah. Just can't. But can you not get like a radio agent? Do they have those? Yeah. I mean, they're fleeting. They're few and far between. And I've I've you know I've talked to a few, and you know, a couple guys haven't worked out. And then it's more is difficult not, to get other guys not, on the phone. Don't they have other dudes that like already gets a show? Don't you have a like? Can't you? work in like a co-host with him or something like that like he's auditioning co-host right i don't know if he is yeah i think he is yeah that's what and i mean and and again it's like Artie and nick DiPaolo are like headlining comics i think they're done no they are done but i'm saying like like if Artie's looking for co-hosts oh you think he's he's looking for comic right yeah but i think that's i I mean i think that Artie. i think what would make Artie great is someone like you yeah you know like someone who's not Artie. Yeah, someone who's not someone who's different than Artie. But I don't know. I mean, I think you should. I think you should. I mean, look, you got a fucking. I mean, you got a great gig at O and A. I don't. Know, this is hard to fucking leave. <laughs> but but if you if you if and I think anyone in the business would tell you it's if you if you want to make a breakout for yourself, you're still young. Do it. Mm-hmm. Find a market. Go to a small fucking market and run shit. Do what they did. I don't yeah. know what they did, but yeah. do what they did. Find out from them. I don't know what I don't know how they broke in. Well, that's the most difficult part that the business is totally different from when they yeah. did. You know what I mean? Like I said, there isn't that sort of market to market independent spirit it's, it's in radio the, anymore. It's the different the independent spirit is now podcasting, I guess, ultimately. Right. But you're getting a bunch of people like myself who don't really have a real emotional connection to their podcast. Uh-huh. Like I'm doing it because I like it, because I'm uh-huh. having fun and I'm getting to hang out with you guys in my hotel room when I normally just be watching snowboarding by myself <laughs> drinking Heineken's I ordered for a hundred dollars from room service. Uh-huh. But now you guys brought growlers, and now we're having a great conversation about me. Right. And I love me. <laughs> right, right. I'm like Terrell Owens. I love me some me. So <laughs> but <clears throat> and then today I hung out with Bobby. Like mm-hmm. so for me it's a it's a it's a time to get to hang out with people and and I do think the product is fun for the listeners. I think the the people that are listening, I know that I have an emotional connection to the podcasts I listen to, and if they want to share that with me, then I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll give you the best I can. And it's a way to like meet people too. Like you're you know, oh. like for comics, like comics you might not know, but one Pete Holmes. Or- I'm doing Pete Holmes' podcast next week. You know Pete Holmes? Yeah, he was a legend. He yeah. did like Tonight Show and everything. He did what? The Tonight Show. Was, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's um, he t- tweeted me and was like, "Hey man, I'd love for you to do my podcast this weekend." Now I know Pete gl- like from a little bit, but I haven't got to hang out with him. Right. So now we're gonna have like an hour and a half to just hang out and talk, and you get to know them. It's like you know, it really is, and it's a great time to hang out with people you haven't hung out with in a while or a reason to. Right. Like I, I just did a podcast. I don't. By the time this goes up, I don't know if it'll be up or not. But uh, I don't know. Do you follow MMA at all? Yeah. You know who Ariel Hawani is? No. The, he's the journalist. He does every MMA story, every MMA interview. It's nope. him. No. And uh, But he's totally independent. Like He started his own blog and then uh, started doing interviews with MMA What's his fighters. blog? 
Uh, I don't remember what it is now. Okay, it's not, it's, it's not one of the ones that I automatically recognize. Well, you probably would. I mean, he's literally every major MMA interview is his. Really? Like, if it's not a UFC thing, it's and he's at every UFC show. He's on Fuel TV. I'm obsessed with what's going on with Boss Rutten's arm right now. What's going on with Boss Rutten's arm? <sighs> you haven't heard about this? No. And now, I'm only speaking in third-person story, but apparently he had a pinched nerve in his neck. And I've heard of this happening. And his, and he, and his arms began to atrophy. That's what, that's what happened to Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, the wrestler. Are you his, fucking his, kidding me? His, I, think, I think his right bicep atrophied, and it's really tough to find pictures of. But his, le- his left arm is like this big, steroided-out, muscular arm. Did Paul Orndorff used to lean in with his left arm, like go, like, I think Yeah, probably. God damn it, now i got to look up. I'm obsessed. I had a traffic cop one, not traffic cop, traffic teacher for traffic school mm-hmm. who had a left atrophied arm. A right atrophied arm. Mm-hmm. And he said, he walked into class and it was like, I mean, it was, I mean, and I say this hoping that Boss Rutten doesn't listen to my podcast and think I'm making fun of what he's going through at all. Right. But the guy had like, his arm was like out to the side, like, and he couldn't control it. And it was just out to the side and it was really skinny. And he's a driving instructor? He's a driving instructor for the class. For the cl- like he teaches driving class when you get a ticket. Yeah, but he's not teaching you how to drive no I mean, no no he's, he's making an infinite left turn yeah he's making an infinite left turn so he goes or stopping a child in a in a at a quick light like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so he uh so he's got his arm out and and he said he i've never had a more fucking uncomfortable moment in my entire life he first says all right so let's real quick start off and does anyone notice something different about me and i fucking don't know why i threw my hand up because i just figured i because, just figured everyone would because what's the truth yeah. yes i do yeah. <laughs> so you put your you're I not gonna my, lie i threw my fucking no. hand up i was like i got it and and no one raised their hand no one did <laughs> i'm the only one with my hand up and he goes okay apparently you see something and i'm like oh shit am i picking the wrong thing like no one's seeing it but and i'm like waiting and i'm like how do i say how do i say what is going on i don't know what the technical term of that other than like Baby, like baby, like I don't know what to fucking say. They call it baby arm. Baby arm. It looked like a baby. He looked like he had a baby, like a skinny baby arm. Yeah. And so I didn't know what to fucking say. And I'm sitting there trying to pick my words. All of a sudden, the dude sitting behind me leans up and goes, "It's his arm." And I was like, <laughs> "Motherfucker!" Like, like I didn't know. So, but Bosch Rutten's going through that, and I have a neck injury that I've been dealing with. From birth to conquer, from riding roller coasters. What? If I get a fucking baby arm from riding fucking roller coasters, I'm going to be so fucking pissed. Because people are going to ask you, how did that happen? Riding roller coasters. Riding, riding. I hadn't ridden them before the show, and then I wasn't prepared. And I mean, this looks pretty big, right? Yeah, for, I mean, for now. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Paul Orndorff's arm is literally like. Wait, I gotta see it. Oh, now I want. I don't know if it. you'll even be able to find it because he started hiding it. I couldn't. I. I Do you have a hard time watching the Rocks movies? Um, the world does. I fucking <laughs> I drunk. I dig. Yeah, Roland did get drunk. Someone drank a growler. A growler. All right. What would you Google? Paul Orndorff's baby arm. I guess so. No, I don't have a hard time watching the Rocks movies. I watched. Uh, I watched the football movie where he's a, got a daughter. The Disney movie. Oh, I don't watch those. I love Walking Tall. You watch the action movies? No, I watch. I watch like I saw him the other day, and he fucking got me excited. Uh, the Rock? Yeah, Pain like Gang? like what? The new one, Pain the Game. No, wait. I don't see. Where did you see the Rock? I don't see a skinny arm. Right bicep uh, with uh, the rundown. 
Which one is that? This is old school rock when they still put wrestling moves in the in the show. In the, in the movies? Like he's people elbowing people? <laughs> yeah, he's, he did the fucking, what's the one where he grabs him by the throat and then puts him down on the, the ground? Choke slam? Yeah. <laughs> Who was in the rundown? The rundown's Paul, Sean, Paul, Sean Thomas Anderson? Uh, uh, Sean uh, William Scott. Sean William, Sean William Scott. Scott. <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson. Paul Thomas Anderson. I, I speak drunk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what movie that is. Why? Do you have a hard time watching The Rocks movie? No, I actually like it. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like the commitment he has to his excellence. Yeah. I like watching him work out. There's weird things that I like watching The Rock do. He's but. really confident. Yeah. <laughs> he is really confident. Like, he is, he's self-assured. He's a really self-assured guy. He, he I you know, I wonder what his, I don't see any... By the way, I don't see any fucking thing on Paul Orndorff's arm. It's totally true. Um, it happened later in life. Although Ravishing Rick Rude should have been doing porns. <laughs> yeah, he he really should have. God, man. I would pay money to watch him fuck. Permed hair. Oh, God. Those abs. <laughs> they, ro- fucking Yoshi got me on Rocco Sofredi's. He goes, he goes, you got to watch his stuff. It's aggressive. So I'm like, I've seen it all. Do you like, you, you like porn a lot? No, I like I no. My wife says that I have a distorted uh, subculture that I live in. That guys like a guy like Jim Norton or Bobby Kelly, I'd hang out with, and we would talk about things that not average men would talk about, right? Like of that's yeah, dude. Dis- I live in that world. Yeah, on this, we yeah. All, that we all live in this distorted subculture. So I had to. I actually t- dialed back whatever porn conversation I'd ever have on stage, and I was like, because I go, I guess people don't watch this. Yeah. And then I was like, and then I mentioned it one on stage, and everyone was like, oh, I've seen worse than that. Women have seen worse than that. Porn's out there. Everyone knows it. Yeah, totally. But I did not know who Rocco Sofredi's was. Oh, really? I did not. I'd never seen any of his work. And Yoshi had pointed it out on my podcast. He's like, he's like, oh, it's, he needs to expand your imagination. And I was like, oh. But I'm like, how much more expanded can my imagination be? But I also had done a show with Savannah Sampson, and I had realized she was – when I met her, she was definitely past broken – <laughs> like she was a mess. Saggy yeah. boobies. Oh yeah, and just she was a mess. <laughs> she pulled her skirt up on stage and showed me her cooch, and I was like, I was like, like at the show, on stage at the show, people in the audience. So she didn't just show you her cooch; she showed the audience. <laughs> yeah, and me, and me. I like, I definitely saw it too. You were there. Yeah, and and so did you shave it? <laughs> no, it was shaved. It was definitely shaved. the girl like that doesn't leave it. <laughs> uh, so, but I'd never seen that video. The video of. One Night in Paris or an Angel American Angel in Paris. Have mm-hmm. you ever heard of that? No. That will redefine. That is the that is hypothetically speaking, I will say that is the beginning of Gonzo porn. That is the beginning of of what is I guess uh, what is like the raw like it's the part of boogie nights when everything starts going wrong it is i'm telling you when i say this and i don't know it's just natural it's real reactions it is real it is a girl who's never been in porn having sex with a porn star who has been doing this for a long time and she got thrown into the pros real quick and it is it's hard to it's hard to watch like i could not you don't like it uh, I did not because it was so real. It made me uncomfortable. But like at one point, like uncomfortable, like you felt bad or like you shouldn't be watching. I shouldn't. It's none be, of your business. Like, I feel like she wanted to. Uh, what's the perfect analogy? I feel like it's a kid who looks at skydiving and goes, "That would be a great idea." Until they're in the fucking plane and they're like, "I don't want to fucking do this." <laughs> like it was intense, and and I was like, and Yoshi's like, "You got to watch more of his stuff." I was like, "I'm fucking done." Like he's. 
he's slapping her in the face and he's like doing he like the first scene is a blowjob where she starts crying and i'm like i'm like uh, i tap out i can't watch a woman <laughs> cry during porn like that's not sexy uh-huh. but then but then you keep watching and you're like it just gets fucking more intense yeah but is it old or when is, it's old yeah. it's old it's shot it's shot way before hd it's shot on like beta so it's like raw apparently she said to her husband for her wedding do you know that story no for her wedding anniversary she wanted to fly to Paris and have sex with Rocco Freddy's. That's what she said to her husband? For her wedding, for her like, 10th anniversary, please allow me to go to Paris and have sex with Rocco Freddy's. Would you do that for your wife? Never in a million... <laughs> f- I, would, I, would, I would hit her. I would hit her. I would be like, <laughs> trust me, this will be less painful than what you were about to go. After that flight, you'll be fucking thankful I did this. Yeah. Like, it, it's apparent... I mean, I, there's nothing to say other than... You know, if you're gonna watch it, watch it. But it's it's I would I would just you know what? Don't open your mind up to that side of it. And everyone's like, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. But I fucking was I was moved in a way that was like I was not comfortable with. Yeah, I was like, not shit. I would ever do with my wife. I would never like. I would never. I can't, I can't imagine slapping her ass, let alone her face. Mm-hmm. Like if I slap my wife in the face during sex, she'd be like, oh, what part of that sexy? I'd be like, oh, I saw the movie. Yeah, yeah. Don't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> I saw one time I saw the guy. I saw Girl on Girl. This is when I was uh, younger and I had a chick. I saw Girl on Girl. They were doing this thing where they were like licking their hand and then like smacking the t- the the pussy. Like just like. Tunk, tunk. Smacking them in the pussy? Yeah. Kind of like. Yeah. But like a like. I hadn't paid attention to how hard they were hitting. So when I went to do it, I just was like I was on the family feud just. And <laughs> Trying to get that buzzer. Yeah. <laughs> Milk. Uh, I know it, <laughs> Britney Spears. <laughs> so, yeah. So, but. Do you guys have to drive out to fucking Westchester? Yeah, I do. What, uh, I should probably let you guys go. Uh, I, I could do this. Catch a train. Where you guys, you guys gotta, where you guys gotta go to? There. There he points. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going back to Westchester. Is it Westchester is the right place? Huh? Westchester is where you guys live? No, I no. do. Rolling uh, Yeah, it's just like five minutes away. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Wait, what were you That's... doing up there that t- weekend? Where? When we all hung out. Oh, oh he was over at my place. Visit Sam and okay. his wife. That's the other thing about the podcast is that, like, this is the way to do a podcast. I, like, I record a podcast in, like, radio studios, and it's not the same because the vibe in a radio studio is like, oh, okay, we're in a radio studio. Not like we're just hanging out in somebody's house or somebody's hotel room or whatever. Yeah. Who's going to come out to Westchester? Not a lot of people. Right. Well, you figure you get one comic a week. In Westchester? Oh, yeah. What, doing Levity Live? Yeah. You get one comic a week, go to their hotel room. Yeah. <clears throat> Any comic will be, uh, will be happy to do a podcast with you. Come out, talk to the club, tell them, hey, I'm Sam from the Opie and Anthony show. I'd love to do a podcast with your talent. If you could, a lot of clubs will arrange it. They'll just go, fine. Yeah, put it in their schedule. I'll promote the club. Put, put it in their press schedule. And they know you. That's where you live, and you can talk about the. I mean, think about it. They <laughs> they get in top notch headliners. Absolutely, yeah. It's so a great club. you get a fucking new a new headliner every week. Talk to the headliner and talk to him about anything you want, and pick and choose who you want to. I mean, you have fucking such an array of dudes. Yeah, you know, a lot of those dudes. Do people do that club and promote it through O and A? They have. Not often though. Not not that often. Not as often as the city clubs. Well, there's no press up there. Right. So when you go up there, we don't do any press because there's no. It's like, it's it's a hard club to promote because there's no radio stations there. Everyone's listening to the ones out of New York, and it's not really. Yeah, and it's not really technically a New York club. Yeah. So I don't know. You could you, you definitely get 
Yeah, some fucking it. talent. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't think it's a bad idea. I think you should definitely be doing doing on air radio. I think you're fun to listen to. Well, thank you. I listen to the I listen to the after show only because it comes on in L. A. When I go to take my kids to school. I love that. That's like the biggest. I don't. It's the biggest scam in the world. I don't know if ONA realized that. Like, they gave me L. A. Afternoon drive. I mean, oh, I mean morning drive. Yeah, it's great. Oh, it's great. And 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 that's an, another reason to probably stay there is that it's a great time. And you're getting a lot of times like Bobby was saying. I go in to do Sam's show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Slowly but surely, that's happening more and more because it's like it's its own thing. Yeah, it's a great gig. You got a great gig. Yeah. Get Roland to find Roland. We never finished with you. Yes. So how did you get into celebrities? Um, just uh, I work for Carson Daly. What's he like? A big brother. Really? He's the sweetest guy in the world. Like a black guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Michael Clark Duncan. He did bang a lot of people, so probably <laughs> he's like uh, Earthquake or yeah. <laughs> like a very large black man. Not <laughs> just that. Then I started working for a talent agency that books. We did Oscars, Grammys, um, award shows, ESPN, Kimmel, Letterman. We did everything. When was the last time you talked to Carson Daly? Last month. Really? Yeah, yeah. Is he? He's like super healthy right now, right? He, yeah, I known him during the fat years. He was, but he was never really fat, was he? N- no, but he wasn't. I mean, it was just like during the just vodka, partying, partying, and everything. Yeah, yeah. That's not fat. It's called just be a regular life. Yeah. The, <laughs> I don't consider that fat, guys. I figure yeah. that's just regular. Yeah, me too. That's that's where I learned how to party. So uh, so, but now he's like super healthy. Super healthy and is he? He's wealthy, right? Yeah. And he like have like a like. Don't tell me where he lives, but can I can I paint the picture of what I think he lives yeah. in? And you tell me if I'm accurate. I think he's. I, I don't know anything about. I don't know anything about his personal life. Ready? Do you know anything about his personal life? Carson Daly. No. Yeah. Okay. Let's both paint pictures. Okay. Uh, my first paint picture is he lives. I want to say he lives in Malibu. He lives in Malibu with his wife that has never been in the business. They have two children that are very young. Every morning he wakes up and he goes for a long bike ride. That's how he stays so fit. He comes back real into like macrobiotic, very healthy food, mm-hmm. hardcore worker, drives to work, but he probably drives like a uh, like a very uh, economy, like friendly car. Like, like a, hybrid. a hybrid. Yeah. Um, Goes into work and doesn't really stay out late. Heads home, reads books to the kids, and uh, goes to sleep with his wife watching a movie from like the 90s. I, my, my vision is not far off, but I don't think he's married with kids. Where does he live? Uh, I don't know California well enough to know. The Hills in Hollywood proper, Beverly Hills, Pacific Palisades, or the beach? Beach or the hills? Uh, he lives in the hills because he's not like, in my mind... Even though he should probably be taking it easy and retiring, yeah. he's not. Because I still think he wants it. And I think he's pissed that Ryan Seacrest took it from him. And I still, Really? I, th- I think so. I think he's competing. And I think he's, oh, I think he let go of that. I, I think he think so. totally let go of Ryan Seacrest. I think, I think all right, he's sitting there because he's been doing this late, 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 late night show on NBC forever. Yeah. I think he's constantly hustling that. And he's getting pissed that they keep giving guys like Jimmy Fallon and all these other guys shots, and he's not moving up. He wants to be on the Tonight Show. Do you show. think he he'll? Wants- do you think he'll take over Jimmy Fallon's nope. spot? Who do you think is going to take it over? I don't know. Some uh, comedian, Daniel Tosh. No, there's Daniel another Tosh. guy. Oh, Daniel Tosh. Who? I want to say, but there's another guy in the running. Who do you think it who? is? Can you talk about it? Like who? Do you, who would you guess? If I had to guess, I would think yes, Seth Meyers. Who's Seth Meyers from SNL? Which which yeah, one? Yeah, he does uh, a weekend, weekend update. 
and he's been on all the Obama things. Yeah. How he, the fuck do I not know who Seth Meyers is? He's one of. He's. I a, don't watch SNL enough. Is like he in movies? Uh, no, no, no. But you figure Laura Michaels owns. Oh, I know who Seth Meyers is. Yeah. He's no, little, there's no way he's he's not no uh, fucking. Laura Michaels owns that time slot though. What do you mean? He owns that eleven that twelve thirty time slot. Oh, really? That's how he picked Fallon. Oh, so yeah, Lauren Michaels shoves in yes. the dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. Oh, that will. Uh, that'll be fine. But, but, but Daniel Tosh would be a cool choice. I think. He'd be good. Okay, so wait. But so so yeah. So he's still he's still hustling. So he's figuring. Okay, well, if I can't get the late night shift, uh, the you know the the that show, I got the Voice, and I want the Voice to crush American Idol because that's Seacrest's gig. Yeah. And so he said, I think he hosts the Voice. Yeah. yeah. Carson Daly does? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. He's got so much fucking money. Right. But he's not satisfied with the money. He wants the glory. Because if you remember, when TRL came out, he was the coolest dude. Yeah. Like, he knew all the celebrities. He still is kind of the coolest dude. He's in that cool, like... like he's Yeah, but he, he discovers indie bands, and he shoots them the way he wants to shoot them, and he does interviews the way he wants to do it. Yeah, but you he's know got what? a whole 100% artistic freedom on that show. Yeah, but you know what? I'll bet he doesn't have any budget. And so they're just like, uh, he's, yeah. he's, he has it. They'll give you, we'll, we'll let you do whatever you want for $75 an episode. Yeah, and they so, didn't have a budget know. for water. Really? No. And so that's why he's out discovering indie bands because oh, he's yeah. not booking any real bands. And he's doing interviews the way he wants to do them because they won't pay for a studio. In my mind. I don't God, know that's, that's so true. funny. I looked at it all as his. No, but in- the way he lives, you're right. Really? Bert's yeah. right. Yeah, the way he lives. Like with his, Kids is he married? Anything. Kids? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he live in Malibu? You don't have to tell me where he lives, but pretty close. Really? Yeah, yeah. I knew it. I fucking knew it. Does he, he have any? Rider. Does he have any of that bitterness in him? Tell me the truth. I mean, yeah. he does. He does. He's still very career oriented and competitive. <clears throat> yeah. He is. Oh, Forrest. Everyone's got that. Yeah, in if, them if you have it, you're done in L.A. Yeah, I guess so. That's what's fucking my problem. I'm sitting there talking about. Did I tell you today on your show? I was like, the more eyes we get on Travel Channel, the better for all of us. And I'm sure every other Hearst Travel started is. Great, promote my show during your show, sucker. (laughs) (laughs) But I I believe it. I genuinely believe that if, say, Mikey Rowe or Kevin Connolly or Andrew Zimmern or Adam Richman or Anthony Melchiari or Jordan Hembro or any of those guys, if any of their shows blow the fuck up, then it just brings more people to the network. And the more people that go to the network, then all of a sudden my ratings raise. My ratings are already good. Like, they're already fucking good to get renewed. But if they go up, that's fucking better. Yeah. I feel like I should move out to LA. Yeah. I'm super competitive. That's probably why I put Are all really? that on Carson. Yeah, yeah. like I, really? I like I just described myself if I was in Carson Daly's position. Seriously, just mad and trying to yeah. Why don't you come out to LA and we'll do a morning show together? You want to Roland do it? will book it. Oh, yeah. I can do that. oh, dude. If you can get us, if you can, I can get us the meeting. I can get you, you can. Yeah, you want to do this as a, our our demo? Yeah, it was pretty good. Okay, I can get you, <laughs> I can get you A-listers. You can you what? Will? Yeah, you could. And we'll be in LA, so everybody's right, there. Let's do our intro, okay? Ready? Well, what's, <clears throat> wait, what's the name of the show? Oh, the Bert and Sam show? I can't get it. <laughs> no, it'd be BS, the BS show. The BS. Oh. Ooh, that might be too on the nose. <laughs> How about the machine in prime time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we got our nicknames already. Yeah. Right. Okay, well, then, all right. But who's going to lead it? You know what I mean? You. Uh, okay. But yeah. then why would it be Bert and Sam? Because I'm the name. Yeah, you are yeah. the name. So, like, you lead it. You, like, so you lead it. I'll be, like, 
I don't know how the. What about Sam and the Machine? Sam and the Machine? No, because I gotta fucking. I gotta grow out of the machine. I gotta be burned at some point in my fucking life. I don't want to be the love master. All right, I think we're in similar positions. Yeah. I, I'd be like the Machine and Sam, you know, from O and A. Yeah, I like that. Sam from O and A and Bert from Travel Channel yeah. all, in the mornings. <laughs> <laughs> With Roland, wake up, wake up, Roland. <laughs> I fell asleep. <laughs> Our first guest, Carson Daly. Carson, Sam thinks you're better. I think you're happy. What's the answer? Yeah, I'm happy. No, you're not, dude. I can tell you're not happy. Fuck you guys. Yeah. Fuck Seagrass. I'm out of here, bitches. Carson out. Sam. Why do you keep being mean to the guests? I just want them to like them. <laughs> Sam, fuck confrontation. I'm drinking. Pass me a growler. Why am I talking in this high-pitched voice? Because it's morning radio. Uh, yeah. Oh, do you think you could do, we could do a morning radio show in L.A.? I think so. I, I think – I mean uh, it would sound different than other morning radio shows, but I think that would be good. Do you think we could do on a commercial-free morning radio <laughs> No, we can't. No, how would, no, yes, we could, but nobody would give us any money for it. You know the, no, I don't think so. What we, what That's we, why I'm leading this. I'd have to be like, all right, Bert, we're going to commercial. No, but I have something else to say. I got another idea. I got another idea. How about hang up? Yeah. Hang on. This story is about me. Uh, <laughs> Sam, talk about me. Yeah. Hey, 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 you'll hear a bunch of this. Ask me about the machine story again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. During the breaks, like, yeah. hey, Sam, you know, I know I, it was a great flow and everything, but I felt that the last break was a little sand heavy. Don't you think we should get back to some more Bert? It is Bert and Sam, after all. <laughs> People kind of want to hear more Bert stories, I think. Did we do oh. the Van Wilder thing? Yeah. Yes, Bert. And I would love to do a show where anytime we brought in guests, we forced them to interview us. <laughs> we have Ryan Gosling in the studio. Ryan, what do you want to know? Ryan, you ever wonder how we got here? <laughs> Ryan, yeah. Ryan. We just start giving him like tidbit. Ryan, you know Bert. He's like a party animal. He only slept with six women. Can you believe that? And then Ryan seats to, Really, Bert? Why is that? Well, I'll tell you, Ryan. <laughs> the name of our show is called And These Are Your Guests. <laughs> and so we bring in celebrities and they go, Hey, this is Ryan Gosling on the Sam and Bert show. My first two guests yeah. are Sam and Bert. <laughs> the show is called Ask Bert and Sam. Yeah. So, um, have you guys been following this Obamacare? Next question. <laughs> yeah, we're not getting political today. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about charities. Boring. boring. <laughs> yeah, what do you guys want to talk about? Uh, that's not how the show that's works. Not how the show works. You're the host. <laughs> <Yeah>. Clearly, <laughs> guest host with Sam and Bert. And you hear a paper slide across the table. The machine. <laughs> Oh, oh the since machine. you brought that up, did I mention when I was 22 I got mobbed with the Russian mafia? <laughs> I wonder if anyone's going to find this as fun as we thought it was. I think so. <laughs> I fucking have just had a blast. So have I. But I'm pretty, I've drank a growler and a half with Roland. What's up? You're still awake? <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I fall asleep everywhere. Who's, uh, who's tomorrow's guest on O&A? Uh, tomorrow we don't have anybody. Just Roland, Roland book cheeseburgers. It's tomorrow's yeah. guest on owner. Seriously? About food. Yeah, I love food. cheeseburgers. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, Roland. When he doesn't have a guest lined up, especially for a Friday show, he just finds a restaurant to bring food in. Yeah. It's the greatest fucking idea it is. in the world. Because I fall asleep a lot. Though. I fall asleep in meetings and everywhere. Do, do you think you're narcoleptic? I don't know. Like Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel's narcoleptic and for, nar- narcoleptic, and from what I understand, he takes Provigil. Which is like the that 
Once again, I have no idea what I'm fucking saying. Right. I don't know what he takes, but I know that narcoleptics take Provigil, and if you take Provigil, it's like being on fucking fighter pilot speed. You got fighter pilot abilities all day long. Wow. wow. Yeah, because I went to we went to go see a Paul McCartney soundtrack, and I fell asleep. Oh, that's what I was talking about when I was talking about the Sirius XM subscribers. Yeah. So it was either for 20 million or 25 million subscribers. They held a concert, Paul McCartney at the Apollo Theater. And the Apollo Theater is small. That's like a yeah. once-in-a-lifetime thing. And it was only like uh, listeners could win tickets. And, that, and then uh, they gave a whole bunch of tickets to celebrities who showed up. And that's the only – there was no buying tickets. It was just this intimate, crazy thing. And there were a few SiriusXM employees. Like there was a raffle and a few people got to go. At the last minute, like a day before or the day of or something, Damn. this guy who works for the boss walked around and goes – Hey, Paul McCartney's doing a sound check, and we need some people in the audience. And so a handful of SiriusXM employees got to go down to the Apollo and watch Paul McCartney sound check, which is amazing. That's... Roland is one of the guys who goes. He He's sitting in the front row, and he fell asleep. How did you fall asleep? While McCartney is playing. Right in front of McCartney. What, did Paul McCartney notice? I, Roland? I think so because when I woke up, he like kind of gave me a look like asshole. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, I fucking would love to be there. I was. Uh, I did uh, for New York Comic Con this year. I moderated uh, the Christopher Lloyd Q and A panel, and so for Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, yeah. Christopher Lloyd was there, and it was it was really just a Q and A. So I was just there to kind of introduce him and move it along and say next question and blah blah blah. But I brought Roland along to video it. Because, you know, I like to video everything. Yeah. And uh, and for some reason, I decided way back that Roland was going to be my cameraman. Like, yeah. I have him video all my stuff. And I don't know why. Because he's yeah. terrible with everything except yeah. booking guests. Yeah. <laughs> but I look down and I'm like, Roland, I'm going to give you a tripod because it's an hour long. It'll be easy. I, be- I tape recorded Ben Bailey's first audition tape for uh, Premium Blend. Yeah. And I didn't know to have a tripod. So I just took the camera and held it in my hand. And every time he had a Sony joke, I'd laugh. And he'd see the <laughs> camera shake. And he saw it. He was like, that fucking sucks. <laughs> He's like, you've seen my act. And I was like, I thought it would be funnier if you heard me laughing. Just <laughs> trying to be a supportive friend. Yeah, I'm God, Ben. Gosh. Uh, so I look down and I'm moderating this panel. And poor Christopher Lloyd is up there answering questions about Back to the Future and all this stuff. And I look down at the front row. And behind my tripod is Roland passed out. <laughs> Sitting in the front row. just like, And everyone's packed in because everybody wanted to see Christopher Lloyd because he's like yeah. a god at Comic-Con. And Roland is like this giant guy with a bunch of skinny nerds around him taking up a chair and a half. And he's just passed out in the front row. <laughs> what? How do you fall asleep so easily? Uh, my body protects me. Of, I don't know. Just like your body, I'm sorry. What was that answer going to be? Your body protects you of what? Boredom. <laughs> your body protects you from boredom. <laughs> Roland, quick, hide. <laughs> we have meetings at work. Where uh, management brings the staff in and says, oh, what are we working on this They're week, guys? Boring. <laughs> and, multi- and we go around the room and everybody says, oh, I'm working on this. I'm working on that. And rolling multiple times, like the meetings, everybody's kind of talking, but we're just kind of all glancing over to Roland's seat because he's passed out. <laughs> That's fucking – now, wait. Who's the – here, fill me up with a growler. We're going to wrap this up soon, guys. I'll, I'll get you guys out of here. I know you guys have a fucking early call in the morning. So do I. Yeah. Fucking 6 a.m. What time do you have to be at work? I have to be at work at five. Okay. But I wake up at like five to four. Um what is uh <clears throat> what is who is the boss at Sirius? Well XM? you know, we just got a new CEO. What's his name? 
something Meyer. Yeah, or yeah. Seth. I met a dude today I wish I could remember his name but He was like a pretty big dude He had He wore a necklace spectacle holder Do you know I'm talking Oh about? Steve Leeds Yeah Yeah he's yeah. in charge of talent Booking Okay So there's uh, You know there's Jim Meyer Who's the CEO Because uh, Mel Carmen's left And uh, right under him Is Scott Greenstein Who's the I think the vice president Of programming And he's like all the shows and all the talent and people go to him. Like, like when O and A are resigning, their meetings would be with him. He's like, he's he's for all intents and purposes, he's the boss. He's the guy that they would be theoretically nice to. <laughs> theoretically, if it was any show besides O and A, yes. And then, as far as we go, right under him is uh, a guy named Steve Blatter, who's in charge of our channel. He's the Steve Blatter's the boss of the ONA channel. Okay. And then we interact with a guy. What's named on the ONA channel? Just Kobe ONA, Anthony, Ron and Paul. My show. Or Paul, Paul and Ron. Paul and Ron. Paul and Ron. Ron. Oh, my God. Ron Paul and Fez. Ron. <laughs> Paul and Ron are in uh, West Palm. Yeah, so it's ONA, my show, Ron and Fez. And that's it during the week. And then the weekends, they run some podcasts. Actually, maybe we can get your podcast on. Yeah, please. Yeah. Uh, they run. Uh, uh, they have a time. I'll, leave that, I'll, leave, that, I'll leave that in the air. <laughs> See, like, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, definitely. You're like, huh, well, look well I mean, I'm not, yeah. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> you know. No, keep going. Don't worry, Sam don't Sam Roberts worry. channel. <laughs> uh, but we're working on it. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, on the weekends, we have a podcast thing that cycles. Uh, Rogan's podcast gets aired every week. Like, there's a slot just for him. Yeah. And then I do a live show on Sundays. Um, but, yeah, that's what's on the channel. So Steve Blatter's in charge. And then there's a guy named Gary who we kind of answer to. And I saw a cool black dude in there, and I was automatically like, fucking Shady 45. <laughs> yeah. Got to be, right? I would assume. That's where most of the black people at Sirius work. Yeah. Shady 45 or or, uh, or old school hip-hop. What's hip-hop the, Nation. Hip-hop Nation. Yeah. Uh, uh, R&B. Backspin. Backspin is the yeah. one. Yeah. I'll throw yeah. on Backspin every now and then. Although DJ Who Kid. Yeah. He's G-Units DJ. Yeah. He's on my show all the time. Really? Yeah, he's my pretty much my unofficial co-host because whenever he's in town and he's not in Dubai or Vegas or God. somewhere. Uh, Love to be a fucking international DJ. He's amazing. I had Stories. a jog the other day where I just had the thought, everyone's a fucking DJ these days. Just kept thinking that. See, like for your – he's like the opposite of you because – he doesn't have that many stories of him getting fucked up and doing stupid shit. Yeah. But he's got a story about fucking women for oh, any situation. Really? Plus, and he's interacted with everybody you can oh, imagine. Brothers love running trains. He's got the he's got a he's got <laughs> I, I, the only thing I know is that the first two two of my better black friends, I remember them, we were sitting in a at a like waiting to shoot a show and the first thing they said is you ever run a train on a bitch and i went, <laughs> went no never and they're like oh come on man you never done that and i was like no i haven't and i was with other white people that were distinctly never if i could show you pictures of them if you knew who they were you'd be like they definitely haven't run trains either yeah, yeah. and they were like and we were all just like appalled like no and then even the black chick that we were with was like oh yeah i had a cousin that let dudes run trying trains all the time <laughs> i was like shut the fuck up <laughs> one experience and it cha- and it changes the way you view an entire race you're like <laughs> one experience one person tells you one thing i know and black just, guys yeah, and then you're like black guys love <laughs> running trains that one and yeah. <laughs> one experience who kid loves coming on and insulting his wife 
just talking about how much he hates his wife. I go, you're married, right? Who kid? He goes, yeah, man, but I cheat. And he's just, fuck. <laughs> I got a list. That's on Sundays live? No, he does my after show. He'll be on tomorrow. Oh, really? Yeah, he does my after show all the time. Oh, fucking listen. Um, I won't listen to that. I don't have it on my fucking phone. Yeah. God damn it. We well, you can get it on demand on the app. Do you have SiriusXM's app? Yeah, but I don't know my password and all that shit. You got to get it. I've, I, maybe we could get you an internet subscription. Yeah, yeah. I know. Roland earlier was offering you. If you like can, a, if you can get me something so that I can listen on my phone, I'll listen on my phone all yeah, the fucking time. We can get time. you free online. Yeah, yeah you, we get you. I would love it. that. I would love that because I would listen all the time. I need more t-shirts. What's up? Done. I can right. set you up. I can get you cogs <laughs> the machine shirts. I can get you hooked up. Nice. Um, yeah, the app is awesome because uh, not only can you listen live, but now you can listen to all the shows on demand. That's so it. Like the day That's of. It. Roland, please get on that. I want right that. I, w- I will fucking. That would be so great. There's nothing better than a fucking slow afternoon and you fucking throw on O and A and you're just like, oh. Yeah. All right. I guess that's the end of the podcast. O and A is a great show. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you guys have anything you want to promote? Uh, yeah, sure. I was talking about my podcast. Hour and 55 minutes. By the way, I totally forgot to upload my podcast this week and it's Thursday. Did you see my lucky eyelash, by the way? No. You want to see this? This is insane. So take a look. See the eyelash growing out? Yeah. Where? Right here. Oh, yeah. Isn't oh, that, my God. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's my lucky eyelash. You have to protect it. I get it every now and then. Yeah, I got to protect it from fucking strangers who want to pluck it out. So you didn't upload your podcast this week? No, I got to upload it tonight. Yeah, I, I, I don't do one every week. Sometimes it's every other week. So mm-hmm. You got to do it every week. You do, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you the benefit. I did two last week and two the week before. And my subscription, my the amount of people that downloaded it every day was every day was twice what my average rating is, and the days that my I dropped them was double that as well. So hypothetically saying, say I, I got five downloads a week, yeah, five downloads on the average day, ten downloads on my the day I dropped my podcast. Okay, well the when I did doubles, I got twenty downloads on the day I dropped it, and at my average was ten. So like you know how your lips and numbers oh, yeah. spike, yeah, mine just stayed up, and I was like, I gotta go do two a week. But the problem is, I gotta get two talents a week. Yeah. So this I'm gonna do. You will have heard this already. I will drop Chris Gore tonight. Uh, because I'm in New York. And then next week, I think I will do you and Bobby together, back yeah. to back. And, the, and then after that, I'll do uh, Amy Schumer and uh, I think Pete Holmes, maybe. Or uh, or Red Grant, which is one of my black friends. Uh, you have more than one black friend. That's well, it's the same dude. Oh, it's him. Same guy. I wish I hadn't said that now. Yeah. No. <laughs> he tore up with Cat Williams. Him and Donnell Rollins were my two black friends. Three black people. I wish I hadn't said their fucking names, but I'll ask Red about running trains. And I know he'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I got a wife and kid. Turn this shit off. I'm just dying to hear him talk about Cat because I know him really well. He introduced me to black people in general in the sense of living in L.A. In that that he took me down to Compton to play golf one day. And it was a different experience than I'd ever had playing golf. Uh It was like black dudes shout shit at each other when they're putting. Like it's it's the black culture, but on a golf course, it was really neat, really interesting. Because I grew up in country clubs playing golf, where it was silent. You don't speak. I mean, you go out on a golf course, it is silent. You hear four, and that's it. <laughs> but you hear, watch out, motherfucker! <laughs> oh, oh shit's gonna hit a motherfucker right now! Oh shit, no, he didn't. Like it, it is it, and that, that isn't even a joke. That is really like miss it, motherfucker, miss it. I got twenty bucks on this shit. Like that's how they play golf. So 
but I got introduced to that going to a Jack in the Box in Compton, and I could, I got so nervous ordering a Jack in the Box because they were yelling at me. And Greg's like, "You got to understand, man. That's just the way we communicate." And I was like, <laughs> "You got to understand that makes me scared. Yeah, like that that interaction that's happening with this woman at Jack in the Box. I should be in control. I should be going. This is what I want." But she's like, "Up next, motherfucker, order, order, motherfucker, order." And you're like, "I, I don't. Never mind. Diet Coke." Diet Coke? What the fuck, you fat fuck? What are you doing on a diet? Like, it was, and so Red was, uh, Red, so I'm dying to have him on my podcast. Yeah. So hopefully he'll do it soon, but, yeah. and I want to talk about Cat Williams. You don't want to talk I about I do. Him. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's good friends with Cat. Yeah. But I'm, I was obsessed with Cat. Cat, stand up. Uh-huh. Oh, black comics define my stand up somewhat to an extent. Bernie Mac, Black Cat Williams. I love watching, like, old cuts of, like, Def Jam. Well, they're the storytellers. Maybe, maybe that's the connection. I, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Cat Williams is a great storyteller. Yeah. Fucking Bernie Mac. You ever see his Def Jam where he comes yeah. out and he goes, I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. <laughs> you ever seen it? No, that's how he starts. Oh, okay. This is how we'll end it because this is the best set of comedy I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm telling you, if I could have this on my reel, this is one of those. This is the Bill Burr moment in Philly. Uh-huh. Best sets of comedy I've ever seen. Bill Burr's set in Philly. Uh, Bernie Mac's set. Because the crowds run unruly. So Hamburger Jones goes up before Bernie Mac. And Hamburger Jones is not from, I guess maybe isn't from New York. He's doing Def Jam. And he bombs. He bombs hard as shit. The dude that went before Hamburger Jones bombs even fucking harder. But Hamburger Jones eats a dick. And Martin Lawrence comes out. I think it's Martin Lawrence. I want to say it is. Martin Lawrence comes out and is like, listen, you New York, you, you New York motherfuckers need to take it easy on these guys. Like this... This is their shot. This is their shot. Bernie Mac's up next. I want to fucking pull it up. I want to pull up the audio. It's that fucking <laughs> You want to play it. It's, it. It is one of those moments in stand-up that it's the Bill Burr moment. It's Bill Burr's moment of Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Uh, what, Def Jam? Death. Nope. <laughs> Bernie Mac's death. Um, so he comes out. He comes out, and the crowd is fucking unruly. It's old school, old school fucking like black heckling, and they didn't give a fuck. Now this is his chance to make a big. He's from Chicago, uh-huh. and they've booed the first two dudes off stage. You can skip the ad in five seconds. Uh, don't worry, I will. Don't Three, worry, I two, got you. One. Okay, skip ad. And I'm sorry, everyone. Don't complain. I'm just, we've been drinking, and this is inspirational, and just enjoy this. So, rest in peace, Bernie Mac. So, this is the thing. This is a stand-up. They've booed everybody, okay? Okay. He's from Chicago, Illinois, and uh, stand like motherfucking coffee. Stand like motherfucking coffee. Give it up. Now, this is a wild crowd. Can you hear it okay? Yeah. Now, DJ Kid is up on the, on the turntable, and he's dancing right now. And New York, goddamn y'all, motherfucking women look good. Y'all like a bacon and egg sandwich, look good. And I love sex. I love it. <laughs> Can't do shit no more. And I'm blessed. He's talking about his dick. <laughs> I'm big boned. I'm big boned. <laughs> I'm heavy structure. I'm hung low. If I pull my shit out, this whole room get dark. <laughs> and then he goes, kick it! And DJ Kid starts playing the music, and he starts dancing. And then he goes... You don't understand. I ain't scared of you, 
<laughs> now he's got him, right? Now at that moment. And he controls him. And he controls him. He keeps saying, he tells a joke. He goes, uh, girl comes up to me in a store. She says, Bernie, can I, Matt, can I ask you a question? Does pussy taste like pumpkin pie? He goes, bitch, I ain't having never had no pumpkin pie. Kick it. And the kid plays a dumb da bum da And then he goes, cut that shit. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. And at the end, you have dudes in jumpsuits doing jumping jacks in the front row. Yes, slapping. It is the fucking most inspirational bit of stand-up I've ever fucking seen. Yeah. And when you hear the story from the dudes who were there, they were like, the fucking crowd was unruly. They were fucking, the second Hamburger Jones came out, they were like, fuck you. And Bernie Mac just came out, I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. Oh, it's fucking one of the greatest. I love that bit of stand-up. I'll that's tell you amazing. right now. All right. So well, that's yeah. uh, what? Promoting. What do you want to promote? NotSam.com. Yes. And that's where my podcast is. Although nobody listens to my podcast. How many subscribers do you have? Be honest. Uh, I mean, like how, many down, how many downloads have you had total? Total from the beginning? I don't know how many total. I mean, it's over it's over a thousand, but it's not like... <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not good. No, no. It's You know what? It'll get bigger. You know what, guys? This is the thing. It's it's like we said. The the mics, the, the brokenness of a podcast, it makes it perfect. It makes it precious. Yeah. And that's the thing you want. And when you talk to your cat, it's precious. You know, I have like... This small group of people who listen to every podcast, and I love those people. Like, I love that they listen to the podcast because it's like you said. It's just there's nothing except for me and a microphone plugged into my computer. I think you're bet. I think I got to be honest with you. I have a fun time talking to you. I feel like when we do a podcast, it's really fun. Wouldn't you say, Roland? I think we have the three of us today have had a good time on on XM Comedy and on this. This has been a fun fucking. Enjoy hearing you guys. Oh, it was fun. I like talking to you. I like talking to a lot of people. I'm having more guests on this year on my podcast. Well, I'll I'll, I'll co-host with you anytime you want. Well, you're in LA all the time. Yeah. Well, well, that's you know. I still, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm yeah. Gonna we'll do a Skype there. podcast, but I want a time delay, so I'm always two seconds behind <laughs> everybody. Like good I'm, joke, Bobby. I'm starting the next story, and you're like, oh, good one, Sam. Good one, Sam. Hey, wait, did I tell you the machine story yet? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm gonna come out. To, I'm gonna try to get out to LA this year. I'm telling you, I, I put this offer out there. If you come out to LA, we can co-host my podcast in my man cave. And right now, everyone's gonna make the decision on whether or not they want that. Hopefully, everyone wants that because I enjoy being around you. Yeah. But we'll co-host it out of my man cave, and we'll get in some guests. And you, you can you can do the hosting, and I'll do the co-hosting. And if if people don't like this one, will you tell me? Sand, you don't need to get the plane tickets. Yeah, I mean, people don't bother. like this one. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, guys. You can email him and tell him whether or not he should buy the plane ticket at yeah. not Sam dot, not Sam at not Sam on, on Twitter, Twitter yeah. and be like, be like, hey, just be very casual, Jim. Sam, check out kayak dot com, or just be like, look, all the travel sites are down, big guy. <laughs> Don't even worry about it, bro. Yeah, don't even worry about it's it. Super expensive. I heard right the now. I heard there's big delays out of New York and the weather's bad in L.A. Stick keep stay in Westchester. It's not good. Yeah, you'll be like send him bad travel statistics. You'll be like, dude, I got so many downloads on the podcast you did with me. I'll be like, great, and I'll check the downloads on my podcast. Stagnant. Okay, well, I guess I know which half they were listening. to. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm having a heart attack. Okay. Um, Roland, do you want to promote anything? Yeah, my Instagram at Rolandus99 <laughs> and my Twitter. You and I were fucking liking everything back and forth for a long period, and then yeah. Instagram started owning all our pictures, and I was like, dumb with Instagram. Yeah. You know what, Roland? <laughs> and his stupid Instagram. He's always looking for credit on his dumb pictures when people repost them. Except he posted this picture. He uh he went to a Bruce concert. 
And Chris Christie, the governor from New a, Jersey, a who was concert? there. Uh, Bruce. Oh, Bruce. I Bruce. thought you said a Bruce concert. And I was oh. like, I don't know them. Yeah, Bruce Springsteen. And uh, Governor Christie was there. And he fell asleep at the concert. Mm-hmm. And this became a story because somebody that Roland knows sent him a picture. And then Roland posted that picture on his Instagram and his Twitter and his Facebook. And then all of a sudden this picture ended up everywhere. And the picture was on GMA. And it was all over the place. And From Ro- your Facebook, and, and, your Instagram. Yeah, like Twitter. And Roland, Mr. Always Trying to Get Credit and Trying to like promote his Instagram, he shut all of his social networks down because he got scared. Are you serious? <laughs> well, I didn't realize he was running for president or something. I'm like, what? He shut, he shut down his Twitter and his Instagram yeah. and his Facebook page. It already, he shut it all down. Yeah, GMA, it's, it's every, they, they talk about me being a democratic radical. Oh, are you serious? Chris Christie calls me the Joker. But, he's, oh. but everything was shut down. He was like, yeah. <laughs> delete, 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 delete. Oh, my God. And then he waited weeks until nobody cared about the story. And, and then, then posted reopened. And then posted a, guys, this is Roland. I sincerely apologize <laughs> for my activity well, on social media network. It literally, it had no impact on any of his followers because he shut everything down as yeah, soon as everything got I had Chris Christie did three press conferences on the picture. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm amazed at how people will shoot themselves in the foot with Twitter and all that it, shit and just push it out there and then be like panicked. Like I've seen people try to f- try to ruin their careers on Twitter. I go, stop. People read this. Then you're like, I got hacked. Yeah, My I got hacked. got hacked. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry I said that about. Yeah. I thought this was a fun site. Yeah. I, got, I, got, I got scared. <laughs> Roland, you have nothing to be scared of. I'm like, ah. Other than sleep apnea. <laughs> yeah. It happens. All right, so NotSam.com. And NotSam on Twitter. And NotSam on Twitter. Roland, what's your Twitter? Roland99? Rolandos99. Rolandos99. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you can hear them commenting on most of the days on ONA. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for the growlers. Oh, yeah, of course. I appreciate it. I This episode was brought to you by The Machine.